Welcome to another episode of the Brutally Honest Podcast. Yeah. I'm, I've, I've, after a hundred and something episodes, I've, I don't want to say I've given up on the intro because I love the intro. It just gets stagnant. Welcome to the Brutally Honest Podcast. I'm your host, Harrison Barron. Like, of course you guys know that I'm your host, Harrison Barron, because you listen to these podcasts. That is why you're here, because you're listening and you're downloading my podcasts and you want to listen to them. So, of course, I don't need to give you an introduction. You already know what you're listening to. All right. Get very flustered when it comes to these things. But as always, thank you for being here with me for the next hour. I think this show is like an hour and 45 minutes. This one's a good one. And I say it's a good one. They're all good. Honestly, I really love them all. They, it, I get so ecstatic over this. It's kind of crazy, honestly, but right off the bat, if you haven't already smashed that subscribe button, I appreciate you for being here with me. It means a lot. And when I say a lot, I mean like a lot, lot. Uh, without you guys listening, I would have less incentive to do the show, and my following base has gone up significantly. So thank you guys for constantly promoting me um, and telling your friends about me, and I'm just constantly getting found. So I really do appreciate it. It means the world to me. If you want, follow it on social media, Brutally Honest Podcast, um, or myself harrison underscore baron that's where you can find me especially instagram i love instagram and facebook and the podcast obviously and then if you want to check out the website brutallyhonestpodcast.com that's where it goes down that's where it all goes down i swear i promise i love you guys so um we're gonna just bounce right into it honestly uh right off the bat i have to thank my sponsors agile dragon consulting if you guys are business owners and you're listening to this and and I say business owner for them predominantly larger businesses but honestly if you have a business and you need to learn how to use your data to make better business decisions those are the people that you're going to speak to why because they're going to make you more money and business owners love I, I mean everybody likes money honestly like let's be realistic here everybody I don't know anybody I've never met a single person that's like I don't really like money nope no People like money, especially if you're a business owner. That's why you go into business, to make more money and to live a better lifestyle, which is arguably debatable because I own my own business and I don't make a lot of money and I work a lot more. <laughs> but they're experienced. They know Agile. They have certified Scrum Master. The building has changed. Boom. That is Agile. That is Scrum. Go check it out. Learn something. Knowledge bombs. I'm getting a little crazy right now, I swear. I promise. I'm just kidding. We're going to have a good time. We're going to have a good time on the show. It's late at night. I'm very tired. I'm excited. I'm excited a lot about this. And because it's something that I'm so passionate about, and this podcast is so deeply driven with passion, and if you can't tell that, I, I don't know what to tell you, honestly. I really I don't. But I really mean that a lot. So without any further ado, that's my only, that's my only sponsor today. I'm not going to bore you guys with anything else. That's it. You want to support the show? Great. Patreon.com forward slash Brutally Honest Podcast. That's where you can go support. I appreciate you guys a lot. Like a whole lot. Without any further ado, please welcome my guest, RJ Harper.
Okay. Thanks for being on the show, bud. Thank you very much, Harrison. Glad to be here. The uh, me too. I'm. I'm. You, you tracked it all the way up from New York City, so that means a lot to me. It's. Uh, I know New York City is not exactly around the corner for. It is and it's not. It's a hike, even though it's so close. Well, for this podcast, it's definitely worth it. I appreciate it for sure. I definitely appreciate it. The um, so we we just we blew through a whole hour and a half podcast before the hour and a half podcast here. Okay, but. Obviously, something that means a lot to to the two of us is the world is in a really interesting spot right now. We right. have so many people where, you know, you live in New York City, so it's New York City's got uh, millions of people, right. and we have the oceans that are getting that there's so much stuff going on, and there's so much pollution in the ocean, and the world kind of needs to wake up as far as cleaning that all up. Uh, very true. Uh, so I'm a scuba diver uh, and I'm an environmentalist. And uh, you're absolutely right. Like our oceans are being devastated by plastic, microplastics, garbage. Uh, we have a garbage island, which is probably the size of Texas floating around in sure. the Atlantic. And um, it's a conversation about this because our oceans are actually very important to the whole ecosystem of this planet. And um, we're doing a lot of damage with plastic. And sure. so I'm very happy to be on the podcast to talk about some things and just be brutally honest yeah. about how much you know mankind is really ruining our planet. And we have a responsibility to our children and to our grandchildren to leave a world, and particularly our oceans, um, so that they can take advantage of that. And uh, if you look at what scientists are predicting for you know 2050, uh, because of plastics in the ocean and because of... Uh, environmental devastation that we're doing to the planet. Uh, scientists predict that by 2050 there'll be more plastic in the ocean than there are fish. And oh my God, that's awful. And because of overfishing, uh, there's a very good chance that even your grandchildren won't even have fish in the ocean by 2050. 2050, that's, a, that's, that's 30 that's, years away. Okay, 30 years away. So what's going to happen in the next 30 years to precipitate that kind of, you know, um, devastation to our oceans right sure. i'm a scuba diver i want my grandkids to be able to scuba dive and actually see real fish sure uh all predictions are that may not be available right so there's something happening in our oceans with the amount of garbage that we're dumping into our oceans every single day uh in 20 uh 2017 18 billion tons of garbage was dumped into our oceans yeah billions of tons tons right so we're devastating yeah, our billions ocean, billions of tons you know and and that's happening, right? Because sure. you know, where does all that plastic go? You're you're a consumer. All that plastic sure. straws and all that stuff. Sure. It takes you know hundreds of years of some of that stuff to biodegrade, uh, if it does. And then it also, before it even gets to any kind of serious biodegradable level, it turns into all these microplastics, which sure. is going to devastate and kill a lot of fish. Absolutely. And by the time uh, the planet wakes up to some of this, it may be too late. So um, I'm happy to be on this because I think, you know, it's an opportunity to talk just brutally about how bad it is. Sure, uh, sure. And, and you're very knowledgeable. Like, you're very knowledgeable in this area. Thank you. I, I try, but, you know, I'm not the only person that's having this conversation. I mean, um, part of the reason I'm here is because I'm also promoting a very important scuba dive uh, that's going to be sure. happening on June 15th in Deerfield, uh, Deerfield Beach in Florida. Uh, it's the largest underwater cleanup in the history of the world, being sponsored by Dixie Divers, Patty, Aqualung. Um, you know, so there's a lot of sponsors involved with this. And I'm happy to be one of the ambassadors to talk about how important this dive is. 
um, because it really hopefully will bring a lot of awareness sure. uh, to the international community of people to just understand that um, cleaning up our oceans should be a priority for all governments of the world. Sure. I, I couldn't agree more. The The ocean is probably one of the, uh, I guess, two things that we all have in common. Uh, you know, we all have an ocean in common and we all have land in common. Sure. Um, and we have more ocean than land. Uh, yeah, that, that's, <laughs> you know, and, and I knew that I, I knew that we had a major problem as far as, uh, you know, pollution in the ocean. But and I knew that there was a, a, a I knew there was almost basically a floating landmass in the ocean of just purely plastic. Yeah. I didn't know how big it actually was. And yeah. I was just be, just before when you were talking to John, um, you know, the new science research or guesstimate is now it's it's the size of, you know, obviously the size of Texas, but it's as long as almost California. Okay, crazy. That right? is insane. Well, and then take into consideration that Fukushima in Japan, right? Just sure. with all of that, right? Fukushima in Japan is leaking radioactive waste. It's been leaking there since, you know, like for seven years. Every single day, tons of radioactive waste keep leaking into the ocean, right? Yep. So at some point, right, when you start to look at the devastation of just the radioactivity, right? Sure. That's going into the oceans because of Fukushima. Um, the plastic is a, and obviously it's a big problem, but the radioactive stuff, like that's oh, it's, 30, it's so many, 30,000 years, 30,000 years of like destruction, you know what I mean? Before sure. parts of that will ever really come back. So we're doing a lot of damage, you know, and we're not even having the conversation about Fukushima on a regular. There should be alarm bells going on, emergency sure. broadcast every night about sure. how many tons of radioactive material sure. just went into the oceans today because of Fukushima. The uh, This immediately makes me think of uh, the Keurig coffee machines. Okay. Because, and, and, you know, as a consumer, sometimes you don't realize how... How much you're devastating the planet yeah. when you just go get a cup of coffee. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, you know it's crazy. You know, it, you know we just we went we walked over to, to Speedway and and they have styrofoam cups and you're like, come on, like why don't we have not even paper? We can't figure out something better than that. Yeah, you know, and or or you know, I'm okay with reusing cups, but even the soap is not good for the planet. You know, yeah, it's yeah. it's like how do we get? It's a so race to the bottom, man. Like it's a, like we were put here to race to the bottom. How do we get so this, bad? Right? I'm telling you, right? So so I have a philosophy about like mankind. You know, like we 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 know how to race to the bottom. You know what I'm saying? And like God. you know, and depending on what your views on like you know mankind's existence on this planet as human beings, like you know, there's some people that suggest we're on like the sixth version of human beings that have been here. Right? Yes. Every single time we just keep ruining it. You know, and then the planet it gets rid of us yep right it's, you know? it's only a matter of time <laughs> right. yes, it's only a matter of time you know? right so we're making everything extinct don't think that this planet right won't send us into extinction right just to clear just, us off and okay and rewrite so it again the earth is going to be here it's just whether or not humans are going to be around right because we've we've probably ruined it a few times in the past on mm -hmm. some other level but even the earth takes care of itself yep right so you know, and if you, I mean, I've, I saw this thing that made it kind of, a, you know, compared human beings to this sort of virus on this planet, right? Sure. That exists, it comes around for, you know, thousands of years, it eventually gets cleared off of the earth, earth gets rid of it, right? Sure. Um, if you think about like, you know, major flooding would get rid of humans, right? Sure. The earth will do that, and it's, it's completely possible. It's crazy. It's crazy that we have to... We've gone so far that it's not even like, hey, we should start paying attention to this. It's like, we're so far off the deep end. It's like, this needs to be done 
And thank God there's people starting. Right. Which is always, in my opinion, the first step. But, sure. you know, it's not even like, hey, you know, we know we have a problem. Let's start to let's start to make it headed in the right direction. We we flew past that. Okay. And now it's and now we're like, holy crap. OK, sinking emergency. I mean, yeah. because it's an emergency. Yeah. Right. And I have to be brutally honest about like what's happening. You know? I couldn't agree more. Be- because these are the, and that's one of the reasons I wanted to be on your podcast. You know, uh, it's like this is supposed to be the emergency bells. You know what I mean? Yep. Going out to people. And I think some of the statistics that I've kicked around to you should shock you. I mean, when you oh, this it's, is the it's, garbage it's, island thing, the bigger than the size of Texas, like unacceptable, you know, unacceptable, unacceptable. Completely. Right. So, so the emergencies are going out there, right? Sure. And this dive that we're trying to do—it's largely symbolic, do you mm-hmm. know—of the need for you know scuba divers to come together. Let's make a statement. Um, this dive will um, ultimately be um, cataloged in the Guinness Book of World Records Good. as the largest underwater cleanup in the history of the world. Sure, it's uh, amazing. But but even with that, we hope that our record is broken. You sure. know? Uh, the current record holders are from um, Egypt, right? Okay. And you know we applaud what they've done, right? Sure. Our, our goal isn't is to really outdo them, but also that we hope that you know in the future other divers will get together and beat our goal in the future. Absolutely. So yeah, so so amazing. the main idea is that we're looking for 700 divers June 15th, Deerfield Beach, Florida, Dixie Divers. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram. Um, the people that are running this are very serious about doing this, and we're very happy to have uh, the Guinness Book of World Records on board to you know document our tip sure no i mean it's 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 so well needed because it's just you know we got we got garbage island and and we were speaking before about and uh the youtubers that have like and i think that they're playing a tremendous part as far as like cleaning up because it's just one or two you know it's it's a handful of people that are going out they're making money on youtube god bless right and they're going out and cleaning up you know it originally started out with finding a phone and the phone worked let's let's bring it back to the person but now a lot of times you see them they're going in and they're pulling out all this garbage inside there and you're like you know and it's tough you know if you're a fisherman your line gets snagged you're not diving back in the water to get it sure but you know it goes back to plastic bags. Like, how many plastic bags can we drop in, you know, into the ocean? You know, how many people – why can't we just have reusable bags? Like, if you could get that – use that bag four or five times, i try to keep them in my car. Right, yeah. You, you know. Store. Yeah, I know. So it's – so, and I wonder, like, with the people that produce plastic, sure. right? Like, those are real people with real addresses. You I know. know. Right, okay? Like, who are you? Well, you they're, not, they're not doing anything wrong. In my opinion. Well, um, they're ruining the planet. That's pretty wrong. <laughs> it, are they ruining the planet or are the people using it ruining the planet by not disposing of it correctly? Well, um, if you're making money off the destruction of the planet, you might want to rethink your business model, right? And and, I, and my point is that uh, if we now recognize that plastic is such a problem, right? Sure. There are alternatives to plastic that are working, 100%. right? 100%. So why not let's explore that, Right. Uh, because we can. I mean, I think this recent, you know, um, push by the city of New York City to get rid of all these plastic straws, sure. you know, God bless, you know, de Blasio, uh, right, for doing something like that. You know, I applaud him. I applaud people like, um, you know, uh, the former mayor, sure. um, Bloomberg, right? Yep. He tried to do some of this stuff in a big city like that. You know, like people get it. People, nobody's flinching that sure. we're getting rid of straws in New York City. Everyone's like, that's a great thing. Like nobody's going to protest that. So. You know? So here's 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 my my flip side of the idea, and and I and I do like this might sound crazy to some of my listeners, but I do like the fact that you think that the guy that's making the plastic bags is evil, and I I just recently saw somebody on um on Instagram and 
she she had survived cancer and right. and and not to bring up politics, but mm-hmm. she was you know hardcore leftist, you know s- you know screw capitalism. Well, on the flip side of things, people made money on creating these machines to help you fight cancer and win. Sure. So we obviously the you can't blame people for trying to make money and, and creating not. the bags. The bags. What we need to do is figure out how to make people money for cleaning up the ocean. Little different concept. Uh, fair enough. Fair enough. Because uh, if you can make somebody profit on it, right? People, you know, it, it started out with one plastic bag manufacturer. Now there's plastic bag, bag manufacturers around the country. Right. You know, yes, they're creating something that could be bad, but on the flip side of things, I usually have a plastic bag in that garbage because I already purchased. I used it once. I may have used it even twice. I may have used it three times. Sure. So now I'm extending the life of that bag right. tremendously. Well, in your mind you are, but then how long does it take that plastic bag to ultimately degrade? Couldn't right? agree more. Okay, right? So that's the thing. Like You're doing a great job, but even then we're all losing at the end of the day. Absolutely. Even with that. And I and I struggle with the plastic stuff myself. I mean, I'm it's not possible. here to put it sitting on water right, bottles. Right, yeah, They're everywhere. Right, and I'm not touching that thing either. Uh, <laughs> I, dude, I carry around this. Okay, People voila. think I'm a lunatic. God bless I'm you, like, man. Right? You know? I try to drink as little as okay, I can out of yeah. those things. So, so we all tried you know um but ultimately like we're still over the cliff sure. you know, we're, we're falling off the cliff right throwing the water bottles back you know what i mean thinking that that's going to be the solution so that's my real take on why i think the people that are making the plastic right are still a big problem mainly because there are solutions to the plastic situation that can also be a part of how you maybe transition because plastic hasn't been around in this way in this on, on this planet right sure. for you know for like hundreds of years right it's only recently it's only recently and it's a phenomenon that we woke up to right um that the microplastic is actually a really big problem you know really big problem. so so there's a so so you, in my view if we know it's a problem and it's like Something that, you know, we could stop by just getting off of plastic sure. or like retiring plastic from sure. the planet, right, is a bad idea, then that's my reason why, you know. Um, and I think that there are alternatives to plastic that work really well. 100%. So so that's why I just have a big problem with the plastic manufacturers because they know that like what they're producing is not going to be good for the planet. It's profitable. Um, but there are alternatives that can be utilized and done more responsibly that, that we're going to be forced to take on anyway once it gets so bad. And that's that's the reality. I mean, people are just going to wake up sure. to like the devastation and the plastic companies will be out of business. And we're like, we should have been talking them out of business years ago. Yes, they could. And, and, and I firmly believe that business, especially a lot of these big, bigger businesses, they, you know, um, Johnson, I think it's Johnson and Johnson. They now have a little packet that you could pour in in polluted water and it's something along the lines of these molecules they wrap around and this guy literally drinks like swamp water that would immediately ruin your your, your body you'd sure. be in the hospital immediately right and he, he he's like watch this and he takes this little packet and they're they're sending it to third world countries all over and they pour it in and now he takes the bottle he shakes it you know lets it sit for five minutes and, and the particles separate and it's actually clean water on top gotcha which is phenomenal sure so i i think there's a large push to have these companies start making a better effort where the the plastic bags are more biodegradable. Right. The you know or you know they don't break down on microplastics. The problem is it's it's supply and demand. So if you if you take down one plastic company, another one's going to fill that spot immediately. There's still that demand. What I think we have a serious problem in this world in world mm-hmm. is is consumer knowledge of what happens afterwards. Right. Yeah. Because you know, I think plastic bottles are great, believe it or not, mm. because they provide water for 
you know, I'm a volunteer firefighter. Yeah. I don't always have this giant thing of thing yeah. of water. Right. You know, to prevent somebody from going down, having plastic bottles is a great thing. Sure. But as as consumers and people, the knowledge behind what happens after that bottle. Mm-hmm. You know, I feel guilty drinking out of those bottles, but everyone's well, you can drink you out of box box water. A hundred percent. Okay, right. So those, so, I mean, I'm happy to have that out there, right? Box 100%. water could be a compl- not readily available though. Not really, not yet. More right, expensive but, than regular. regular okay, right. So, but you know, organic food. You're gonna want to eat better, bro. Like you're gonna have to pay more. Do you know? Right. hundred percent. So, so, but, but even the existence of that you know, box water, right? Is just a, a head in the right direction. Absolutely. You know? And I think if you look at the bottled water market, um, just given the backlash from consumers, you know, mm-hmm. um, people want something different, right? 100%. So, so the new technology, the new water ideas may be a little bit more expensive initially, but if they drive out the other people, sure. then that's really helpful. So for example, like you probably didn't grow up on almond milk, did you? No. Okay, right? No. Well, how did almond milk even show up in the, in the sure. groceries, right? A lot of people realized that, you know, eating dairy, drinking milk was bad for you, sure. right? Even though we grew up, you know, like in high school and junior high telling us drink bot milk, it's good for your body. Yeah, they had and the then, campaign. They had the, the marketing campaign. Okay, right, right. That worked. And, and it was all bad, right, sure. theoretically. And then almond milk was this alternative that people were like, I'm not drinking milk. And then almond milk showed up, right? Then you've got coconut milk, milk. And then they got oat milk. Now they've got, you know, like, so all these other th- things came from consumer demand, right? And the milk milk market, the reason they had those big campaigns back like, you know, 20 years ago was that people were getting off of milk, mm-hmm. uh, like whole milk, sure. right? Pasteurized, they like, they and they realized, and like, I'm not drinking that stuff. So, so I think that like the consumer market, right, will drive the plastic companies, 100%. right, in a way that will force them to have to think about things. And I think well, when you look at- We've right, gotten more efficient bottles. More efficient bottles, you know, right? Not yeah. saying it's a solution. No, no, yeah. It's a, it's step a in the right direction. to yeah. a bleeding, you know, a bleeding arm. Bingo. So, so there. So that's why I want to talk about some of this because it's to applaud the forward-thinking companies, right? Sure. That are trying to make a difference, and I think we have enough technology as human beings to figure this out, right? Mm-hmm. In a way that could be a material sea change about why we just retired plastic on sure. this planet, right? Sure. Um, that would be a great thing, and I think that. Um, the alternatives will be so valuable, right, in terms of how we thought about this, that our sort of wholesale jumping into plastic as a you know need for this planet will, in the future, be something that we look back and say, how stupid were humans to do that plastic stuff, sure. right? And when they finally got it right, the alternative was right there in their face. And all of that devastation of the oceans was unnecessary for all of those years mm-hmm. because what they found as a solution was right here. We could solve world hunger like this if we could figure out an efficient way, and I know there's people working on this right now, to take salt out of water. If we could figure out how to get salt out of water, we would flip the starvation level in this world on its head. If we could figure out how to take all that plastic in the ocean and turn it into stuff we need, this world would be such a better place. Right. You know, it doesn't need to biodegrade more. We just need to find somebody or something that can turn that stuff into things that we need. If it's foam boards, if it's carpets, you know, I don't care if my Yeti coolers are made out of recycled plastic. Sure, no, I, I would prefer it because now right. at least, you know, okay, great. It didn't go into the ocean. But, you know, if somebody could figure out, and and I don't need my coolers to be white. I could care less as long as they perform well. Right. You know, so if we could figure out how to get... Or somebody could figure out how to get all that plastic 
and turn it into water bottles again. Mm-hmm. Even if it goes back into water bottles again, right. and then instead of dumping it, we just say, "Hey, you're done with the water bottle. Put it in this bin. Put it in this bin, and we're gonna go wash it or re melt it and, yeah, and reuse yeah. it again." Right, right, yeah. We would be golden. We would. So we wish that would happen. Um, it's not, unfortunately. Not yet. Um, not yet. Um, and that's why I'm here to talk about some of these things sure. because, you know, looking at some of the technology that's forthcoming with some of this, there's some really exciting things happening. Um, but it's not really getting the press, sure. I think, that it really deserves. And my goal here was to just get more consumers to be aware of how much your own role, right? Sure. And trying to th- think about some of these things. And I say this, I'm not here to preach to anybody. You know, I struggle with the amount of plastic that I have to deal with it's, every day. I live impossible. in New York City, right? So um, I try every single day, you know? Um, and unless we kind of get some really big thinking minds on this, mm-hmm. um, it will continue to be a problem. So sure. I'm trying to at least just bring the awareness, um, for other people, um, and to a larger group of people that just might need to see because, um, not everybody really gets it. And we're going to ruin our oceans sure. uh, in, in very it's short happening. order. Yeah, it's already it's- happening. Right. So, so between climate change and Fukushima and the plastic in the oceans and microplastics, in uh, our oceans are really threatened right now. Sure. And I feel like, um, you know, as an ambassador for our oceans, um, talking about some of this stuff to just get other people to be more Educating aware. Them. Yeah, ra- Educating aware, them. right? Um, will only just help the whole situation. Sure, sure. Um, you know, and and it's not just it's not just you know I know we we talk a lot about plastic bags and we talk about bottles, but you know there's so many other plastics that are going in the ocean. There's there's computers. Computers are are predominantly made of plastic right. or plastics. You know there is metal in computers, but especially a lot of these consumer computers. You know there's a lot of plastic on them, especially the older stuff. Sure. The newer stuff is now metal, but you know appropriate recycling of that there there's commercial grade plastics there's also a lot of plastics that go into waste when pharmaceuticals get their stuff and and there's so many variables that that go into it so we're not just targeting plastic bottle makers or plastic bag makers there's 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 a major variety of different you know snacks snack bars right all wrapped in plastic yeah you know which is fine, but if we could figure out something else, like I saw, and I'm big into like science and stuff like that. Uh, one guy, he had a plastic bag, but it wasn't actually plastic. It was plant cell cells, and he's like, "Watch this!" And he takes warm water, which is you know, the temperature around the temperature of like Floridian water, you know, warmer warmer water, and he puts the bag in there, and it disintegrates, disintegrates right? Disintegrates yeah. completely, and sure. then he drinks it. He goes, "This is perfectly safe." Right? He goes, "You could literally eat every bag that I put out there." Gotcha. Um, totally, totally like a solution, right? Yes. Um, so, and not I lo- cost efficient though. That's the catch, right? I know. So, so, so the other thing I guess that you should realize, or people should realize, is that you know, if you look at the numbers of like products that get recycled. That's actually really shocking that like 70% of the stuff that you think is getting recycled is not getting recycled. Sure, of course. Right? You're dumping it in the recycle thing in your office thinking I'm being environmentally friendly, right? That and then by the, the time sp- where it gets to the landfill, right? They ripped all those bags open, whatever, whatever mm-hmm. you know what I mean, right? So it's not as efficient as we think. Sure. And it, that's where the problem is, is that even though like there are some consumers like you and I who are trying um, – it's where it gets to that sort of like landfill thing where it just gets all discombobulated. Sure. Um, and then all the people that are responsible for disposable of the garbage, right? Mm-hmm. Think about like 
the characters who are... Are they the, doing the right thing? Right. Well, and we know they're not, right? Sure. I mean, if you're in the garbage business in New York City, right... Of course. Okay, they're like, let's get rid of it. Like, we don't care how it disappears, blah, 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 yeah, right? It's you know? too much. Well, it's, it's too it, much. And it's too much, right? So for them, so they're not thinking about separating out the bottles from whatever if they've got a they big... They can't. they okay. got to process millions, millions of, of tons of... Yeah, right? So Dude. it's like that, you know, just take it out and just that barge and just make it disappear in the yep. ocean somewhere, guys, and... Come back for more. Right. You know? Yeah. And, here, and here's the craziest part about this whole thing that we're talking about. And, and it's just funny. I just thought about this while we're talking. We take our plastic and we put it in more plastic to get rid of it. Like, that is the craziest thing ever. We are taking plastic out, you know, whatever we're using, and then we're putting it in a bigger piece of plastic, sometimes even thicker than the one that we're throwing out, right. to go get rid of it, in which goes ocean. into another plastic container till the guy comes and flips it over, and then eventually that thing breaks, so then you throw that out too. So it's this tremendous chain of plastic right. stuff yeah. that we need to get rid of. So I don't use plastic bags to put my... Tra- I mean, I, you know... Good. Like, like, I, and oh, I, what do you use? Well, I just, like, I, you know, and it's crazy, like, I have the two separator things, right? Yeah. Um, I will just literally, you know, like, wash out the thing when I... You Good know, for you. Yeah, right, right? So I get that, because I'm like, I, like I, why would I buy that thicker plastic? Like, that's just, like... Completely against how I see things, 100%. you know what I mean, right? So I get that. I mean, I guess my trash guy doesn't like me too much, you know. <laughs> but but I do get it, you know. Sure. What I mean, we all try. So I mean, I haven't pro- I haven't bought those plastic bags sure. probably in like fifteen years. Sure, you know. Um, and the and I think the the other problem too is 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 plastic is so readily available everywhere, <laughs> and you know, the bars. You you order something online. I mean, I I literally just got Expo markers. Okay. Expo markers. You know, and I bought a I bought a something I forget what else I bought on Amazon the other day, but it came in a giant plastic like the the item is as small as my iPhone. Comes with all that plastic. And it comes with this the bag is literally bigger than my computer and yeah. I'm like why I would have been fine with a part with a piece of paper. Right. You know, cardboard. Big shout out to um and totally not sponsored by them, but uh Dollar Shave Club. All their razors Come in cardboard now. Okay. The only thing not in plastic is just the razor head. Right. Their packaging, everything like that is all in paper and cardboard. Absolutely. So so I'm saying so some of the consumer brands are waking up to this, right? And I and I applaud those because those are real solutions that kind of at least get the consumer also to recognize they're trying. You know? Um, so that's why I kind of think the people that are producing the plastic, like you're not even trying anymore, right? You you're you're you've got this company, you're making all this money in plastic, right? Like try. I would almost like, rather see them make thicker plastic bags. That way we could reuse them, because now you have they're disposable. Allegedly, yeah, yeah, yeah. air quotes disposable bags. Right. Well, are they really disposable? They should be biodegradable. Is really what the word that we're looking for sure. here. Yeah, yeah. You know, so it's a one-time use bag. I'd I'd rather you know make a make a nice bag, you know, and, and I get it. Not ever. You're not. You're never gonna have. Your your reusable bags on you, or you know, I, I'm guilty of it. I leave it in the car, right? Sure. You know, uh, <laughs> and I'm the guy that that you know packs my arms full of stuff in so, order to not have to. Yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. I don't use a plastic bag, and the lady mm. looks at me like I'm a lunatic. I go, it's not God about the five you. cents. No, no, Harrison, God bless you. Man. Yeah, you're saying, right. Like keep you know, going, bro. And I'm we're, not we're looking behind for, you. Know, <laughs> I'm not looking for the street cred. It's just yeah. like, yeah. 
I get it, right? And you I'm know, trying my little thing. So we're know, all trying it, but that that's a beautiful story, right? Because like you kind of get it, you know, and that's all you really need, sure. you know, right? Um, and at some point, like fortunately, because consumers do get it, right? Mm -hmm. uh, the companies have to respond, you know. They are, and and some of them do finally get it. So so we're moving in that direction, but the problem is that we've already gone over the cliff, right? Mm -hmm. um, so it's this long fall, right? I know, and that's the trick, you know, like wh what's going to be the, you know what I mean? What's going to be the escape, you know, the yeah. escape from this demise that we're bringing upon us? Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah, it's. You, you know, and and it goes back to that one post of, of that girl, and I, you know, I could care less about politics, but you know, well, it it it's it's capitalism that that saved your life. It's capitalism that helped you find your cancer, right. so the doctors could go in and cure it or cut it out or whatever it is. You, you know, good, bad, or indifferent, the government doesn't have enough money. No government has enough money to go clean up a landmass or a, a sea mass, we'll call it, the size of Texas. It's right. just. It's in. There's no government on. There's no conglomerate of people right. on the face of this earth, with with the exception of the the population themselves, that could go clean it up. Mm -hmm. So somebody has to figure out how to make money on. And, and I think, you know, coming from you know, and I'm also a business owner, so I think like that. But the moment somebody could figure out and say, dude, we have a recyclable company here, and we just take all the plastic. We have literally free materials yeah. that we just have to make into a product. Mm -hmm. We just got to go get it, right. kind of like metal. You know, mm -hmm. you got to dig deep yeah. in the earth to get metal. Sure. We have all this plastic that we can now – somebody's just got to figure out how to take it from there, mm -hmm. manufacture it into, you know, a, a, a circuit board, a mouse, a, a computer. Yeah. Right. And the moment that happens, right. that thing is going to be gone yeah. in, in, in years. Sure. And it's going to flip the entire switch as far as – you know, getting rid of the you know the oh my god we're 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 in serious trouble thing yeah. to they're gonna say oh my god we have no plastic left right. like yeah. and that's the best thing that could happen. Sure, sure. Uh, no, I hear you. Um, so there are some companies that are trying to work on that. You know what I mean? Sure. And um, that's a beautiful thing. Uh, how we do that on a global scale with just the numbers of human beings that we have, sure. right? Uh, that's a, that's a real challenge, you know. And 100%. you have, and, and so you know, and this is the reason why I try to use the media as a platform to talk about some of this stuff, because, you know, we can be doing it right in, uh, you know, Sweden, sure. right? Sure. We can be doing it right in America. Um, we could be doing it right in Poland, you know. But it's got to be. But then you everybody. look at other places around the world, sure. right, who just are not on the same page, right? Sure. And it's just like this long bleed, you yep. know. Um, Heck, if it is Poland, you know, and I'm Polish. If it is Poland that is not doing the right thing, great. If we can get the other ninety-five percent, right, to to get in, yeah. Their dot on this planet is right. not is going to be nothing compared to. We'll just name the, the major players: Africa. United States, China, you know, these huge land masses, like they're a, they are a yeah, dot on right, the map sure. compared to these huge, you know, just let's go population wise. Mm -hmm. India's got the big, I think it's India that yeah, has India. the biggest population in the world. Right. You know, and I just watched, uh, I think the Ganges is in, is in India and it's like the most, po it's the most polluted and most toxic place 
for people, and and part of their tradition is to is to bathe, to bathe in, in the Ganges River. Yeah, yeah. so it's so bad. So so think about this, right? And not to demonize India, but like look at that, right? Like just when you might get it right in Poland, sure. right? You know, <laughs> India just like wipes it out for you. See yeah, what I'm saying, you right? could, you <laughs> could be <laughs> okay. I, I, it's one of it's right around in that area that it's mm. a Nordic country. I want to I don't remember if it's Norway or something like that, but they are like super efficient with all the yeah, and it's like a beautiful hyper thing. efficient, right? Right. But we just so we just need to take that and replicate it for everywhere else. Yeah. But it has to. It can't be somebody. And nothing against those tiny little countries, but they are dots on the map. Yeah. You know, even if they're let's say a big country, their population they're just not producing enough garbage. And even if they're doing good and they're having a you know a positive CO two effect on the world, it they could be so they could be a million percent efficient. It's not going to do a dent compared to what. You know, country like the United States, country like India, country country like China can do as far as the global scale. Gotcha. So, so that's the big thing, right? And that's why I'm saying like we're over the cliff because uh, let's just say you know Poland is really getting it right. They're sure. they're too small. You know, uh, Norway's getting it right, kind of too small. Right? Yeah. Just, um, there's not enough people. And, and with the proliferation of industry in places like China and India who are in many respects trying to kind of replicate the American revolution for them. I mean, like the industrial revolution that sure. we had in America, sure. they're just going wholesale into right. Western. Oh, it's Iceland. Oh, is it Iceland? Iceland, Switzerland, Costa Rica. Interesting. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. No right. Oh, Norway. There it okay, is. Norway. I knew it was yeah, up there. Yeah. Okay. So, so that's great. But then look at some of the other places like China and India. Sure. Right? How do you get them all on the same page quickly with those billions of people? Right. So, so that's the big challenges. I mean, I've, 100%. I've, 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 there's a friend of mine, Afroz Shaw. I'm not sure if you've heard of him before, but Afroz is uh, a person who um, decided he's a lawyer in Mumbai, India. Okay. And he's responsible for the largest beach cleanup in the history of the world. Oh, he comes right up. Okay, right. And what I say about him is like it only takes one person, right? Like sure. Afroz is my hero, man. You know, and sure. I know him. Uh, you can find him on Facebook. You can find him on Instagram. He's in India, right? Sure. And he was a person who really picked up on the problem, right? That we need to do something because the people in India just don't get it right sure so this gandhi's river thing and other thing people were just throwing the trash onto the beach it not to cut you off but it might not even be that they don't get it it's just they're in a position of that's all i can get you know think about it, it you know hey i understand that drinking water out of that bottle is bad for the planet right but that's all uh, that's all i'm a f you know yeah until we can figure out how to pull salt from the water mm -hmm. You know, that might be the only drinking water they have. So sure. it's either drink out of that bottle mm -hmm. or die. Right. You right. know, especially in some of these places, that's all they have. Yeah. So I think it has to do, particularly in the India situation where they cleaned up the beach, I think it had to do with the tradition of just throwing your trash down. Right. Sure. And um, as you know, I'm somebody, I grew up in Germany. Right. Sure. So like for me as a kid. I want to get into that. By yeah. The way, kid, grew, this, like, you yeah. know, being a litter bug at four, uh -huh. like that was just like the sure. worst thing ever. Right. Sure. They demonized being a litter bug sure. for me. Right. Right? So I say that because I've lived in other countries before where some children grow up and you just throw the garbage out of the window. Mm -hmm. Like I remember driving in Central God, America, so right? Sad. And I was on this like chicken bus, you know what I mean? Sure. It's a Peace Corps volunteer. And like every time somebody finished their lunch, it was like, just throw the stuff out of the window, mm -hmm. right? Um, and although, and so in, in Europe, like in Germany, that would be unheard of. Like people would stop the bus, like they would make you get off the bus and go pick that I up, love right? It. You know, love, I love it, love right? It. Oh. Um, but when you realize that, you know, we're a melting pot, you know what I mean, of different cultures here, when somebody comes, you know what I mean, from 
Nicaragua, right? Sure. And they're used to throwing their stuff out the window, right? Sure. You know, then when they get to America, when they're in the subway system, what are they going to do? Throw it, throw it down, right? So, so that I think is a big issue, right? Because sure. when you look at what Afros Shah was able to do in India, it was really a recognition of the community that, mm -hmm. like, uh, the tradition of just throwing your stuff down when you finish with it mm -hmm. is actually going to be a big problem. Yeah. So in his case, he had a very novel approach to how he wanted to kind of work on this because, um, and so think about how crazy he was when he just came up with this idea. It was literally him mm -hmm. and like literally tons of garbage on the beach. And one day he got up on a Saturday with his garbage bag mm -hmm. and decides I'm going to clean up this beach. Sure. I, I love it. Okay, but like, how crazy are you to like think like at the end of the day, what have you really accomplished with all those bags, right? Sure. And when you, you put garbage in garbage, okay, in a garbage bag, okay, right? But but the 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 monumental idea, right, of just now coming back here next Saturday, right, and doing another whole cleanup, right, has resulted in them they're now on like week number one fifty. Oh my God, that's amazing. Okay, isn't it amazing, right? Yeah. So and they've cleaned up that beach. All the trash is gone. So much so that the turtles are now back on the beach laying eggs. Oh, I love it. Okay, like, I love it. but one person, man, right, started That's, this it, thing out. So eventually sure. he got the community involved, he got the government involved, he got the United Nations involved, mm -hmm. right? And if you just spend some time looking at his example, I think that um, it's such a beautiful story of one person, you know, standing up in their community and just saying enough is enough with this ocean thing, you know? So big shout out to Afro Shaw, you know, for um, just sticking with his vision, um, for forcing the Indian government to wake up, you know what I mean, to the problem. Sure. And I just think that, like, you know, we need to celebrate people like him. And that's one of the reasons why this dive in Florida is really an opportunity for other people to kind of just make a statement sure. about cleaning up underwater, mm -hmm. right? Um, and it's really an opportunity for divers around the world um, to come in and just be a part of a symbolic uh, gesture, you know, sure. that um, we want to take our resources as environmentalists and bring awareness that some of this can be done if somebody just stands up and we decide to clean up our oceans ourselves. So I, I couldn't agree more with that. And, and knowledge is knowledge is power, essentially, right. the more people we can. The more people we can educate, the more people that that know about these things, and I, and I knew there was a country, so I was looking it up, and I just wanted to, I didn't want to say a wrong country, okay. But um, I believe it's Singapore, based on mm -hmm. my very brief Google search. They are burning all of their trash, and what they're doing is taking that the trash and the ashes, and actually dumping it on land and partially in the water, but it's already burned, so it's just pure carbon, and now they're building land off of that, mm -hmm. and plants and animals are starting to grow and thrive on it, which right. is. You know, conceptually, it's pretty incredible. And this this article, you know, as far as I could read briefly, is, you know, it's working, but it's not the most efficient, and they're kind of running out of options here. But like the fact that they just took that one step in the right direction of saying, "Hey, we got all this stuff. Let's light it on fire. Take the stuff that would have burnt, you know, that that burned off, and you know, pumping that in the atmosphere. I don't know if is if that's the best option, mm -hmm. you know, but." It's a, it's it's a thought and a step in the right direction. Gotcha. So we need that. I mean, I don't know if you've ever been to Singapore before. 
The what? Have you been to Singapore before? No. Okay, so Singapore is like super clean. Is there anywhere you haven't been? Um, I've been a lot of places, yeah. But so, Sing- so, so Singapore, so Singapore is one of those places. Sure. Uh, when you like, I flew into Singapore through Thailand, and okay. so what happens is on the airplane, what they tell you is, listen, you're going into Singapore, right? Um, you're Americans. We know about you guys, right? So if you think you're going <laughs> to even come here with your chewing gum, right? Yeah. You will go to jail for chewing gum in Singapore. Really? So they tell you on the airplane, right? You know what I mean? Like if you have sure. any chewing gum, like you know, you will literally go to jail. If you think you're going to come to Singapore and do drugs, you will be in jail for life. Sure. We don't play that, you know? So so throwing chewing gum on the ground in Singapore will result in you going to jail. Yeah, and, it's, and very, even, it's probably it's, one okay. of the cleanest places in the world. So clean, cleanliness is like godliness to them, right? Sure. Um, it's beautiful. It's a beautiful place, right? But you get it when you're there, right? Sure. So it's completely possible, right, that humans can exist in a very pristine and clean environment, right? And Singapore may be an extreme example of that, but I'm not surprised that they also would be thinking about ways to like dispose of their trash more efficiently. You sure. Know? So, so those kinds of things are happening in certain places, and it's a little bitty, tiny country like Singapore trying to do their thing. Do you know? Sure. But I think some of those models are very important for other bigger nations to look at to potentially replicate. Sure. You know? um, and even in their case, they haven't completely gotten it right. You sure. know, but it's a step in the right direction. And I think that's, that just that's that's the that's kind what of way we need right now. Yeah, exactly. You know, we're not, you know, tomorrow, more than likely, although I hope it does. We're not going to find the solution for all of this. Right. But if we could start taking this and putting and moving in the right direction as far as, you know, hey, what are we doing with the plastic situation? What are we doing with our garbage situation? What do mm. we, you know, what do we we can't launch it into space? It's right. just that's even more efficient than anything. Sure. But, you know. Maybe down the road that is the option. We take all the plastic that we have and launch it in the sun and it burns up there. You know, who knows? I don't know if that's the, the option or not. Got you. But, you know, today, educating people, making, you know, it takes everybody to make an impact right. of, of a global scale. Sure. We need people to say, hey, you know, I do my best to, when I, when I walk past trash, I just try to pick it up and put it in the garbage. At Got least... You. Because I want where I live to, to look, look nice. Yeah, hello. Who yeah. wouldn't? Well, so so if you don't know any better, right? You know what I'm saying? Like if that's you don't know any better, education. right? It's an education thing. So that and that's just what I think it comes down to. You know, I mean, I've heard people say, "Well, that's somebody else's job. If I pick up that trash, somebody else is not going to have a job tomorrow." Right? That's not that's, true. At that's all. not true at all. But but I mean, that mentality does exist. And if that is the case, where that person's not going to have a job, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm okay with them not having <laughs> okay, a job. Okay, right. Being uh, oh, hello. You I know. know. Okay, we got rid of all the garbage people because we figured out. <laughs> with all the garbage hello go get a retrain right they're gonna go get another job doing something else okay you know it's there's all there's plenty of jobs in this world if if you haven't figured that one out yet you know and and not to bring up politics but we're at an all-time unemployment low and we still have people unemployed right there's also a lot of people that that you know that own businesses i know dozens of them that can't find employees because the unemployment rate is so low because you know the people that are unemployed almost at this point choose to be unemployed sure you know, if you want a job, more than likely there's a job out there. You gotcha. got to look for it, but it's out there. Right. You know, we're we're at a beautiful point in this world where, you know, we need we need brilliant minds like yourself to say, okay, how can we do better? Exactly. Right. And yeah. that's the most important thing. Yeah. We've we're good. You know, my bills are paid. I'm 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 okay in this area. I'm okay in this area. Let's think outside the box now. How can we? You know, my life isn't just about me. Who can I impact? Gotcha. I tell everybody, if I if I became a billionaire tomorrow, mm. I would hire a team of people that would be planting oysters in the bay tomorrow. Gotcha. To help clean up the bay because the bay is a disaster right mm. now. You know. Do you know about the Harbor School? 
No, what the Harbor School? Harbor. So the Harbor yeah. School. You should know about that, right? If this is your big fantasy, sure. you should like you link up with the Harbor School. So the Harbor School is a New York City high school for scuba. Sure. Um, and well, not necessarily only for scuba, but they also have the Billion Oyster Project. Okay. Um, so if you have this fantasy of doing that, you sure. don't need a billion dollars to help that project, <laughs> you know, right? Uh, and they're doing some really beautiful stuff with the oyster restorations in the New York City Bay Area. Oh, that's awesome. And um, they'd love to hear from you just about what you do and sure. your podcast sure. and things like that. But well, but because some of those things are some things that you have fantasies about, like some people are really trying to work on that. Sure. Because in your case, you know how much some of this devastation is affecting it's things bad, like the man. oysters. It's bad. Yeah. Right, yeah. I just met with actually some of the people from the Harbor School a couple of weeks ago. Sure. Uh, they have a billion, it's the Billion Oyster Project. Yep, billion Oyster know? Project. And um, they're really doing some great work. Sure. Uh, and I have some interest in trying to help facilitate some of their, That's awesome, what they're man. working on. Do you know? You know, it's, you know, I'm a firm believer in filter feeders. Okay. But most people that are listening to the show are probably like, Harrison, okay. I've never heard you speak like this. But, this but just, well, break down what filter feeders is because that's like a, you know, that's the insider baseball kind sure. of. Sure. All right. So right. filter feeders. So filter feeders are clams, oysters, uh, typically crustaceans, um, you know, not uh, even kind of lobsters, um, crabs, where, where they're they're ingesting a lot of water and and. Filtering out particles. Right. Predominantly, it, it's really clams, mussels was the other one I was looking for. Okay. Mussels, uh, barnacles, even though they're a pain in the butt, uh, and oysters. And what they do is they literally take in water all day long and they look for microparticles in there to either ingest or basically pull from the water. Okay. There's been tons of studies where people will take a 50-gallon tank and throw a dozen oysters in there and it, the water's literally clean in a couple hours. Sure. Like, right. Like, from murky to spotless, gotcha. and they are all fed. They're right. that's what they do. That's what they're happy with. Gotcha. Theoretically, the more oysters and clams and stuff like that we have in the ocean, mm. the cleaner our ocean's going to be. Yeah. Our, our, any, not even ocean, bodies of water. We'll gotcha. just call it. Right. So, and that's what they feed off of. And the crazy part is they're goddamn delicious. <laughs> so, if we could figure out how to take those delicious little things, pay maybe a little more money to it, or have a portion of whatever that sale goes to. To go back into the billion dollar, the billion oyster project, or just oyster seeding and stuff like that. To yeah. The the bay, which is predominantly where I live, would would turn around in a total one eighty. Yeah. You know, and and a lot of the world and and the ocean maybe not so much because it's just so gigantic. Mm-hmm. But you know, just you know, let's start small. Let's you know. Let's start with the bay. Let's right. then we'll work on on bigger, you know, the sound, and then we'll work on bigger, bigger, bigger bodies of oceans. Yeah, but that's the first step. So that's why I bring to you about this project. Just like you're is passionate about this, the people that run that project, they're saying they're trying to save the same conversation. You know, yeah. Um, but they're really doing it. You know, and they're, and and I think I'm mean, talking with them about how they're training up the next generation of environmentalists in ocean. You know. Uh, conservation uh, young people sure um that program is actually something that's really a push to that's that. awesome. but but with that um you know there are some partners that they have enlisted mm-hmm. uh some restaurants who give back the oyster shells right oh it's awesome so that's a big component to now them. what does the oyster shell do because this i don't know okay so so restore so getting the oyster shells back um is actually a big part of what they do and they can use them um in the recycling and the and and and, and i don't know the details about it why 
why that's such a big sure. deal, quite frankly. Sure. Um, but I do know that getting the oyster shells back helps them to build the colonies, right? Mm. Okay. Of future oysters. So so as le- so that there's less growth necessary if you get the oyster shells back, right? Then your ability to grow another colony is precipitated by the shells that already exist. You oh know? my goodness. So there, so so with that being the case, there's a lot of restaurants that are also donating their oyster shells, right, to that program on a regular basis. Sure. And they talk about that because that that project is funded by certain restaurants who understand that they don't want to just profit off of selling oysters. They like to re- make sure that those oysters get replenished in the bay. Sure, beautiful. Well, if you beautiful. run out of oysters, they don't make any money. Okay, so they, yeah, you know, yeah. So it's in there. Inclined, it's, it's inclined to do that, right? Capitalism, yeah. once again. Yeah. You know, if we could figure out how to, you know, if somebody recycle could, the oyster, yeah, or, recycle yeah, the yeah. like it's 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 that forward thinking process and and. You know, I've, I have a good friend of mine. She's not an environmentalist. She's a uh, something similar to that. I forget the name. Uh, biologist. Okay. Uh, <laughs> an, an ocean biologist. And she's, right. you know, I, marine, I feel, marine biologist, probably. Yeah. Marine biologist. Okay. And she's like, you know, I spend all this money. I go through school and stuff like that. And, and then, you know, we, we get, you know, there's only so much that we could do because we don't get funding. Right. Somebody at the end of the day has to, you know, ultimately, in my opinion, at least, has to make money on it, which is good because sure. the more money that gets made on it mm-hmm. the more people that are going to get employed to fix the problem gotcha you know that's why that's why i'm so adamant on like hey if somebody figures out how to take all this garbage and turn it into products mm-hmm. and they're going to make a ton of money on it yeah our problem for for clean oceans is going to be gone in years yeah. It, yeah 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 it took us 30 years to make it to to cause the problem or 50 years or you know and it's going to take two or three years to clean this thing up and everybody's going to have you know, new shirts or clothes or whatever you decide or, or bed sheets or, you know, because everything is plastic at this point. You know, right. couches, you yeah. know, you could have a, you could have brand new everything if somebody could figure out how to take all that and make it into useful products. So so there are some initiatives to try to do that. We're just not far enough. And like I said, we're over the cliff. We're falling, sure. you know. Yep. Yep. So inventing something that's going to be this magic pill. Right. is something that we're all praying for. Sure. Um, but until that prayer gets answered. Right. Uh, I got to do these podcasts, <laughs> you know, right, <laughs> to keep talking about Look, it's this. People like things. you changing the world. Man. I hope so. Well, I hope so. Do you know what I mean? And it just, like I said, it's just important that people's voices get out there. Sure. Uh, people talk about some of the stuff because even this whole like billion uh, oyster project, like I hope that's inspiring to you, right? Absolutely. To know that even though you're waiting the, for your billion dollars, money. right? You know, yeah. like somebody else is out there. Like we only got five dollars, but we're doing it. You know. Yeah. Um, fortunately, that program is sponsored by some like. Uh, other you know entities that kind of get it sure um they struggle with funding all the time sure. so anybody who wants to give any money to the billion dollar oyster project you know like they're always welcome to you know try to support sure. them um but those are kind of things that really get me excited you know that these pockets of places countries that are trying to do stuff sure. and come up with some really original solutions um you know my fantasy is to just wrangle the one percent man you know and be like guys sure. listen you have the money to fix some of this stuff you know um i didn't realize I was totally against, you know, I'm like, look, the 1%, they, they worked hard for their money. Right. And RIP to the Notre Dame, you know, church. Right. But, but they okay. got pledged literally hours afterwards, billionaires, pre- predominantly French billionaires. Sure. Um, said, we'll give, I think the, the, the final tally, and it's pr- probably gone up since I last looked at it, but it was $700 million. Okay. In, tw- in, in right. hours. I know. Hours right. to fix the problem. 
So I know for if I know okay and and yes. bro, that's going to the Catholic Church which has more money than they could like really right so I'm not Don't trying even get to me okay on I, that, all right. people are gonna be like Harrison uh, I listen to your podcast uh, and- no 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 I'm not, but my point is right <laughs> right so so there's money out there to fix some of these issues sure. right um and right and you know we've and so my big thing about trying to promote some of this right mm-hmm. in some respects is. You know, if you get the one percent somehow, right, kind of engaged in some bigger issues, the it doesn't even have to be one percent. It could be the top. It could be the two to ten percent. I'll take that too, right? You know, so, you know like, but my Jesus. but my point about it is uh, that's why I try to you know push the envelope with this is because uh, I come from a background. I used to work on Wall Street, right? I okay. know how much money is available for some of these kind of initiatives, you know. And I think that everybody has an interest in like taking care of their grandkids, right? Sure. The future of your grandkids. Sure. I want my grandkids to be able to be scuba divers. You know, and really see real fish, you know, right? Um, So I think that just trying to wrangle some of the people that can fix some of this, you know, um, can be some solutions. And I hope that part of my legacy as a person who's out here trying to talk about this is that um, I'm able to help pull together some solutions that have long-term benefits for the planet. Sure. I couldn't agree. Well, it's doing stuff like this. It's And and you chased me down. Like, you, you sent me a message. It was like, hey, I want to be on your podcast. We talked to the phone. We, we, you know, we set it up. Brutally honest. Like, the yeah. brutally honest thing was like, that got me. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, it was also you. Don't get me wrong. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, right? sure, but, sure. But, like, just to come on and just be able to get a, a platform to be brutally honest is just about how I feel. Sure. I mean, I've watched some of your other shows. Brilliant stuff that you cover. I you know, I love that. the idea of people just get to come and just kind of let their hair down and just talk about a variety of subjects. Sure. Um, I love loved your show and i'm like this this guy really gets it so <laughs> I appreciate you know what it, man. I mean? like yeah so so you referenced that you're a diver and and i want to get into that because so i i too have my patty certification my open water i Woo-hoo! think maybe advanced open water i don't remember exactly okay. it's been, uh, been some years since i used it okay um and i love diving unfortunately on long island diving is not the most nice place to dive okay uh but i do i do know quite a bit of people but you know your your history i want i kind of want to hear your story because you know, you've you've definitely done quite a bit between being a filmmaker, li- you know, being born in Germany. Your pa- your father was in the military. Dad was in the military. Yeah, yeah dad was Germany. in the military. Yeah. Grew up in Germany. Like, and now you're a scuba diver. Like, yeah. this is a pretty not normal series of events for most people. So I'm I'm very interested in hearing your whole story. And I still want to get into the Robert De- uh, not Robert Downey Jr. Robert De Niro oh. story too. Oh. <laughs> Even though we talked about it. Okay, De Niro, right? Yeah, De Niro. Okay. Yeah. Um. So. I'm a scuba diver, PADI certified. Um, I love scuba diving. I'm a former Peace Corps volunteer, so I spent a lot of time in Latin America, Guatemala, Belize. Sure. I've, you know, Belize is one of my favorite places to go scuba diving. Yep, yep. Um, and um, I kind of have been like the sort of like, wayward environmentalist on some regard mm-hmm. and then like certain things just resonated with me sure. um about environmentalism that just kind of really got me much more interested so in my case um one of the things that happened to me like you know maybe 15 years ago was um because i was living in jersey city new jersey at the time i kind of somebody came to me as a filmmaker and says oh you know like can you come in like shoot some video there's this like you know antifreeze going down the street you know in jersey city and sure. you know like i know you're this guy that people says you know like you're big into filmmaking and you have that sure. good camera can you come down so i'm like okay fine i go down there right so i shoot this video you know of this stuff and i'm like that's not antifreeze you know what i'm saying right yeah. so and the sign over there says like environmental you know investigation going on and you mm. can call this number right so i call the number and i'm like guys you know what i mean like this is 
is the New Jersey Department of Environmental Protection. Like, do you know that there's this stuff going up and down the street here and it's leaking out of the sewer system, like yeah. like the blob in the community. Do you know what I mean? Like, and they're like, oh, yeah, that's chromium six. Yep. And like, that, I mean, the stuff from like the Aaron Brockovich movie. Yeah. They're like, yeah, there's like about 150 spots of that in Jersey City. Uh, get in line. Like, like uh, that was kind of their approach. Like that one spot, like, bro, like wake up, you know? Yeah, it's all over. It's all over. Just because <laughs> you see it, it doesn't yeah, mean yeah. it's new to us. Yeah. So we'll take the renumbered. And I'm like, what the hell, right? Sure. So anyway, so I started doing some research on this. And what I determined was that, like, that's exactly what happened. Like in these residential communities, because Jersey City is the the legacy of industrialization right sure. there's all these factories there this company buried at 80 feet like tons and tons of chromium six and they left it in the ground put it in these like you know containers and after mm -hmm. 30 35 40 years of it being down there eventually chromium ate away at all of the lining and uh -huh. was leaking out to the tune of millions of tons right in the residential community so i sued them in federal court um, and trying to organize the community to do this was actually really difficult because everyone's like, oh, bro, like you're suing a multinational. It's going to take you 20 years. You'll never, you know, see the light of day. Right. So uh, within five years, we got a six hundred million dollar settlement to force PPG Industries to come back to Jersey City and remove one. What is PPG? Oh, yeah. So PPG is Pittsburgh Paint and Glass. They make paint for car companies. Okay, car, good. Right, you know? good. They're a company that makes about $14 billion in sales of paint stuff. So they had the money to come back and clean this up. And we're like, sure. dude, let's sue them, you know? But the issue is they have really good lawyers and, you know, you're going to fight them in court, right? So we, because of, thank God, because of the internet, we're like, well, it's a different day. You know, mm -hmm. and like, like the internet is actually a way to shame this company and mm -hmm. they're really coming back. So what we decided to do um, just as an, cause we didn't want to wait 20 years either. Right. And we're like, if we take this to court, man, I know how these things go. Like it's mm -hmm. years, right? So let's take a little bit of a more novel approach and let's go after the CEO. Sure. Right. Sure. Because every CEO in 27, 2007 and eight is going to be kind of all well, we're going green. Our company's green. Right. Yeah, they, yeah. They were, right. And sure. the legacy that was left by P the old PPG is not the guy that's sitting at PPG today. Yeah. Right. So our view was like, bro, you know, like, can you just come back and clean this up? You guys have the money. You didn't do it specifically, but it's on your watch. Yeah. Right. Sure. So come back, do the right thing. What do you think happened? Honestly, I don't know. I'm kind of curious to hear what you guys So say. they were just like, uh, we don't really want to do that. You know, right? Sure. Makes sense. Um, it's going to cost us a lot of money. Uh, and it wasn't done on my watch. So why do I now have to go out, right, out of the profits that we're making in 2017, right, and go spend money cleaning up some other CEO's mess? Mm hmm Right. So they were actually really reluctant to try to even do anything. But I, what happened was we realized that, like, the guy that was sitting in the CEO office at PPG mm -hmm. probably would be so shamed into cleaning this up that he'd be forced to do it. Mm -hmm. So we enlisted some people to help us out. And there was this really awesome environmental group that does um, environmental uh, investments. Oh, boy. They go into these terrible companies and they buy stock in the terrible companies mm -hmm. to get on the board. 
and then they let them know like this is what you this is what you're hiding this is what you're not doing and we're and we're stock owners brilliant. we're stock owners and we're here so we get to come to the meeting uh -huh. right and let everybody else at the stock company owner know how crazy what, what the crazy stuff you're doing is sure so there's this group you know what I mean out of Boston it's like this and, and we found them and they're like oh we love it we'll buy stock in this company That's and we'll show crazy. up we'll show up there with all of your documents about what this company did in Jersey City. God. And at the stockholder meeting, right? Yeah. Like they just unleashed like out of nowhere, like this whole thing about, well, what's going on in Jersey City and what's the liability? This is like on this phone calls with, sure. uh, you know, like with the investors from Wall Street and all the analysts, sure. right? Just lift the mic up a little right, bit. Right, you know? So the Wall Street analysts are hearing this whole big thing about liability in Jersey City that goes mm -hmm. into hundreds of millions. It's not on your books as a multinational. Mm-hmm. Bro, like, <laughs> like they're like, what just happened? You know? Sure. So initially, the company had set aside about $150 million to clean up Jersey City, uh -huh. but they hadn't really done anything because they just paved it, uh -huh. and they were like, let's leave it there, right? Yeah. But if they come, if, if we get sued, we have $150 million in the bank sure. to clean it up. Sure. But that wasn't enough to really do a cleanup of a million tons of toxic waste. Sure. You need about $800 million. Sure. So they had underfunded their liability. Oh, God. Right? Sure. And that came out in the press. Oh, boy. So what do you think they had to do? Declare bankruptcy. No, because they make $14 billion uh, a year. Oh, sure, sure, sure. Well, they probably had to go clean it up. Though. Okay, voila. We're like, yeah. bro, we're like, okay, like you have to come and clean it sure. up now. Because now, like, Wall Street knows that you've underfunded your liability. Mm -hmm. Which is going to tank your stock. Okay, which is going to tank your stock. Yeah. And all they understand is money. Yep. So we're taking your stock, buddy. Yeah, you're fourteen. Okay, right. So then it was like a whole different conversation, and they're like, "Who are these people that have come here with this lawsuit, mm -hmm. twisting this multinational's arm, right, sure. to come back to this community?" And we're like, "Bro, all you understand is money, because all you do is make money. Sure. Sure. So we get it. We're sure. going into your pockets, and we're gonna tank your stock." God, savage. Savage, <laughs> right? And they had to come and clean it up, and sure. within like you know, four or five years, they want to settle. Uh, and that's basically what happened. God, so did they, they eventually cleaned it all up? So, so here's the thing. So they settled for six hundred million, but sure. they weren't completely honest with everybody about how much toxic waste was there. Like they oh, went on God. the books publicly with a number, uh, but then once they started really digging, what do you think happened? I found tons more. Tons more. Tons right? more. Okay. So then the thing was that even the six hundred million dollar settlement, as it turns out, probably wasn't enough to satisfy a full, full cleanup. Right. But it got the job done. Right. Sure. In terms of just like forcing them to come back and do this. So we're very happy about that. Right. Because, you know, in Jersey City, one point two million tons of toxic waste. Sure. Not plastic. Sure. Right. Toxic waste, man. Like sure. cancer causing stuff got removed. Sure. So cleanups are something for me kind of precipitated, you know, like wanting to do this more because, you know, getting people on board to just see the bigger problem is important sure. but also just understanding the levers of power you mm -hmm. know about how do you accomplish this and use the media social media right to work at your advantage i think it was something that i wanted to be part of a template for other community groups and sure. environmental people to say you know if this is going on in your community here's some things that you can actually do sure. right you don't need a lot of money because we kind of negotiated this whole thing over a dining room table you know right four or five environmentalists who just said like we're not going to stand for this you know sure so it's very possible, right, um, to do these kinds of things. And when you look at the example of, like, this particular lawsuit, mm -hmm. it didn't take 20 years. 
Um, we had a strategy that was like going into the pockets of the company in ways sure. that they really didn't anticipate. And I like to talk about it because it was a win for the community in mm -hmm. a way that is a little unorthodox, sure. but also effective. Absolutely. And it worked. Yeah, why not? Yeah. Look, you know, at, at that point, you know, it, 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 you leave the business issue and it becomes an, an ethical issue. Right. And, and a financial one, too. And the, the thing is that, like, most of these companies, all they understand is we're about to lose a lot of money. Sure. How do we, you know, stop sure. turning this company into an ATM? Yep. The So, you know, for, for them, you know, hopefully hopefully that's, that was just a wake-up call to everybody else. Like, right. hey, you know, if, if you're going to do this, fine, but be prepared for something that's going to come later on. And and people are going to get creative in different ways to get that company to to deal with the, the problem. Right. You know, and, and so, here, so here's another uh, a bomb to drop. Apple has a tremendous problem with recycling right now. Okay. There are – there's more technolo technology waste now than there ever has been before because technology is moving so fast sure. that we've already gone through – you know we've we've gone through the car phones we've gone through and now we're at the iPhone 10 mm -hmm. you know so so well, 10 years ago we had the iPhone you know the the original iPhone how many people have bought every single phone right i know where are those phones going yeah. where are those batteries going there is gold in this phone believe it or not there right. is gold in in all technology because the connectors and stuff like that and not to get too technical but you know, okay, well, how do you get that out? Well, you could use chemicals. You could do all these different things. So, you know, it, it's major companies like this, and, and unfortunately, it goes back to supply and demand and, and the consumer. Consumers demand the best product, yeah. which is fine. I have the most expensive iPhone on the market. Mm. Why? Because I run a business on it. Sure. So, for me, it's a no-brainer. Mm. Everybody needs to communicate. It's just a universal thing. Sure. Everybody needs to have a cell phone. What do we do after it's done? How are we recycling it? Are we yeah. taking it seriously? And ultimately, at the end of the day, somebody has to make money on that so that way it continuously gets better. Sure. Where are we at? So that's actually a very good that's a very good, you know, question. Um I mean I struggle with that a lot. Um, but I also know that um a lot of companies that recognize that they have to turn a profit mm -hmm. also know that they can do that more responsibly. Yes. You know, right? Um, I don't know what Apple's track record is, right, in terms sure. of this. Sure. Um, They've probably spent millions of dollars covering it. Probably. And I'm not, I'm not hating on Apple. I They're think not, Apple produces a fantastic, fantastic product. product. Yeah, yeah. But I also think that, like you said, I mean, there, there's a responsibility. Do you know? I mean, they're one of the most profitable companies out there, too, right? So I think that... Um, it's it's imperative that the people, you know what I mean, at the mm -hmm. top kind of get it, you know, right? Uh, and sometimes I think that's where the failure happens, you know? Mm -hmm. uh, the people at the top, um, they're driven by profits, right, sure. you know? Um, trying to turn them into more kind of environmentally conscious and aware people um, then also forces, do you know what I mean, a certain level of conversation about what they're doing. Sure. So that's one of the reasons why for myself, I try to engage, you know, like that kind of top 1% of the kind of people that you really want to get to, sure. you know, um, mainly because dealing with the people at the top can just potentially get you faster, right, into the head of the person that's thinking about this, yes. you know. So, so um, a big push for a lot of the stuff that I try to work on is for people at the top. You know, mm -hmm. um, and once you kind of get them on board and sure. you show them some things that they could be doing differently, 
um, then I oftentimes find that those people tend to be pretty liberal, you know mm -hmm. what I mean? Just because you're dealing with running a company with lots of different kinds of people, sure. you know, right? That um, getting them on board sometimes isn't always that difficult, you know? Isn't always that difficult. It's, it's not really. Only because, um, particularly if you understand that, like, you know, a CEO of a company, it's profit-driven, you know? Sure. So if they're not going to have to sacrifice profit necessarily, sure. right, but can also do something that is better for the environment and the solution is kind of there for them to investigate, mm -hmm. then I think that they try that. I mean, I think, like, you look at somebody like Jeff Bezos, right? Mm -hmm. um, he's kind of trying. Do you get that at all? Right. I mean, some sense that, like, he's trying to push the levels of technology for doing some other things, yeah, right? You, you got to give him credit for, yeah, you gotta, for so, what he's working on. Yeah, right. So, so you know, so... Yeah, you know, um, Richard Branson from, you know, Virgin, like, you sure. know, right? Some of those guys are really big thinkers, you know? I, I like that kind of idea. They have the money to really make some of those things. Sure. And I, you know, because I used to work on Wall Street, I mean, there's a lot of really big billionaires in New York City who kind of also want to have an impact, right? Sure. Um, Why wouldn't you? You want to leave a legacy. Yeah, you want to leave a legacy, but some of them don't even know how to even get into the space, right? Education. Uh, right, you know what I mean, right? So so I like the idea, at least for what I'm trying to do here, is to kind of enlist some of those people, right? Mm -hmm. um, to be able to say, like, you know, well, whatever you're into, right, there's something over here that might also interest you, mm -hmm. and it has to do with, like, you know, environmental cleanups or mm -hmm. things like that, you know? Um, and I think that's when you can really have a conversation to, to move some stuff. Mm -hmm. So so this dive that we're doing in June is kind of like a big, very big deal. It's, it's history changing, sure. right? With the expectation that from this, you know, other people will sit up, right? And yeah, be it's like, a ripple effect. It's Hopefully a ripple effect, yeah. You know it what causes I mean? right. enough, and enough, you right, know, yeah. an, enough motion in the world, essentially, because, right. yep. you know, you guys, you got the Guinness Book of World Records there. Yeah. To get people, maybe not even so much on board. Ideally, you want them on board. Right. But at least to know. Voila. Th like, done. Yeah. Th that's it. If, if you could put the idea in somebody's head that says, hey, I'm a billionaire, and I haven't even thought about the environment, and somehow you can get it on his news feed. Right. Yeah. And, 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 he, and it, it, it's catchy enough that he says, let me look through this. Right. Boom. Yeah. That is true. That is where the impact is made. Right. Right. So it's the efficiency of just trying to get the message out there sure. with the right people. Do you know? Um, like I don't have the stamina to do what Afros Shaw did. Sure. Right. You uh, know, I would have. I right. You know. Right. I'm telling. I and I. I like. I talked to him all the time. I'm like, after three weeks, like, didn't you think you were crazy? Like, you know. And it was like, no. Like I just. Eventually, had a, it's gonna get clean. Okay. Like, wow. You know, week mm. forty. You know, like. Really, bro? And people are probably like, dude, I just want to hang out with this guy. Let me hop on board. Right. It's inevitable. Right. It's really inevitable. But but the first 40 weekends, though, do you saying? Like, that's just you and that yeah. trash bag and, like, you know, four people in your neighbors or something, right? And yep. it's like, what did we accomplish today? Like, we removed, like, you know, couple 90, 90, 90 pounds today. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you know, ton, literally tons. Tons left. left right. Tons yeah. left. Okay. So, so I just find it, like, that mentality is something that I just wish were more contagious, you know? Sure, sure. Um, this is a monumental effort. Uh, I'm not stopping. That's good. That's um, it's going to be profound. Mm -hmm. um, get out of my way. <laughs> I love it. I you love know? it. Right. So, so <laughs> I, lo I, lo I love where you're, I love where the the mind is at. I want to ask uh, another question here, and I know we we brushed on it briefly. How did you get into diving? Because you know you coming from your background yeah. is not exactly the 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 
stereotypical. What, because I'm black? I'm a black diver? Is that what yeah. you're saying? Yeah. Well, well, that. Black divers are here, bro. What? Black divers are here, well, man. Well, not, not even that, but <laughs> no, that is too. Yeah. But like, you're an environmentalist. You grew up in Germany. You have been a part of the Peace Corps. Yeah. How the hell do you have time to dive? So okay, so <laughs> like ultimately, so I was so I was snorkeling time. a lot in the Peace Corps because I was okay. in Guatemala, right on the beach. You know what I mean, gotcha. right uh, near the. So, so for me, um, I've always loved the water. Sure, um, I was always swimming sure. as a kid. Uh, I'm a big proponent of people learning to swim. Sure, um, and. Um, so eventually I decided, you know, I wanted to just like, you know, move past snorkeling, you know, yeah. um, and I'd been diving a lot in, Bel I'd been like, you know, you can go, like, go to these islands, you can do sure. the, like the, you know, two or three day certification or something sure, like that. Sure. Right. So I'd kind of done that, but that really wasn't official enough for mm -hmm. me. Uh, and I also knew that like those kind of dives really don't make you a diver. Sure. You know what I mean? Like you, they, it's like, just test it out. Just, You're not yeah, going to be right. Playing around, play around right. You know, you can go down and see the pretty fish or whatever. Sure. So I wanted to kind of be like the badass diver uh -huh. kind of guy. Too, I love like, it. Right. Um, and just really know stuff, you know? So sure. my fantasy was, well, you know, like I can't become a Navy SEAL. Sure. Uh, <laughs> right. So I'll become a wavy SEAL. Do you sure. know what I'm saying? Right. Sure. You know, and just try to do all that cool stuff, you sure. know, uh, and learn the technology and, you know, dive my ass off and try to do that. So, for me, um, there's a dive program in Jersey City, sure. uh, to NJCU, New Jersey City University. It's the uh, second, it's only two schools in the state of New Jersey that offer scuba diving. Okay. So it's university students. Sure. It's inexpensive. Uh, there's a great dive coach, Tom Lee, who um, runs that program, been doing it for 20 years, has certified sure. hundreds of people. Um, I went to take his class. I did not do well in that class initially, <laughs> right? Like, I thought I was going in there sure. with my GoPro and all that, and then, you know, like, mass clearing. Sure. Okay, right? Like, yep, yep. stuck on mass clearing, bro. Yep. Like, what is that, uh -huh. right? So I'd read up that like one of the things that kind of stops a lot of even Navy SEALs is mass clearing. Like people sure. just can't get that idea of like blowing out of your nose and, you know, like pushing the air out of your yeah, mask yeah, yeah. underwater, really? like removing your like mask. so easy, I guess, when you're not used to it. Okay, right. So if sure. you're not, and, and like literally that's the thing that, you know, like the, the Navy SEALs, some, that, that's one of the sure. things I've heard is like the thing. You weren't good at mass clearing? I was not. Bro, as a, I, as a, I'm so surprised. I, I figured as a, as I know. a snorkeler, I know. you would like, so, so it was so. So I tell you this, right? And I say this because my coach was like, "RJ, listen, it's not working, man. Like, <laughs> you know, like we're going out to get certified, and sure. you're like month, like a month away, and like some people breathe through this thing, and you're still in here drowning. And I'm like, <laughs> I don't care. I'm coming here every day to, figure, I, this to figure this thing out, right? So literally, like every day, I had to go in. And like, why? Like, what? Like this thing where you breathe out of your nose, but like. Blow the air out of your like. Yeah, you okay, gotta, okay, yeah, okay, you, okay, yeah. Okay. For, so for anybody who hasn't done it, let, let's thank just, you, Harrison, for showing me how to do mask. Layers. <laughs> so 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 you so a, a typical scuba dive mask. You have your you have your eyes covered by by glass, and then sometimes it'll it you know a lot of times it'll wrap your nose. Most of the time it'll wrap your nose, so so no water can get up your nose. I have seen just the the I've seen some pretty badass people that don't even use the nose thing. Right. And 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 what you do is so for anybody that. Not a scuba diver. Yeah, for, if yeah. you're not a, I don't even say not a scuba diver. For anyone that you have to have gone swimming, so for anyone that's done this and not gone swimming, you need to have used a mask. So for you to even understand this concept, um, but you, but if, when every once in a while your mask will fill up with water because there, it just doesn't create a perfect seal. So what a mask clear is is you take your mask, you roll over on your back, or you look, you you tilt your head up and what you're doing is you're, you you want to fill your mask back up with air because you can't see in water so you you you, you try to clear the water out of the mask yeah you clear the water out of the mask so what you do is you 
if you the, the greatest idea is if you've seen Pirates of the Caribbean, I forget which one it is, where they're walking under a lot of Navy SEALs saw Pirates of the Caribbean and still couldn't <laughs> the, do it. It's this concept. <laughs> okay. And and so you 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 hold the mask up uh, where it's horizontal and you blow air out of your nose so it fills the void. It starts filling the mask with air. And then you put you put the mask back on your face. Under, yes, underwater. Underwater. And yes, there sometimes there's a little bit of water in there. And, and if you blow out of your nose, typically the gravity will pull the water down and the air will stay in there. That's what mask clearing is. I would have had no idea that it was a challenge because I got it very quickly. Okay. But I could definitely see now that you're mentioning how it could be difficult for some people. Right. Okay. So I'm thinking, you know, everything's fine, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> right. And then I hit this roadblock, right? Sure. Of like this content. And some people get it naturally, right? Sure. And then some people don't, right? Sure. So I was actually very surprised that I didn't get it, you know? Yeah. And I was like, this is going to really, this is dot my diving right here because this mask clearing thing, like the water is going up my nose. And it's super important. For, it's like super important. Like the, one of okay, probably okay, right. the yeah, most you, important skill that you could have. Right. When you're diving. Okay. Because if you can't see anything, you're kind of screwed. Right. And then you're panicking and you have like this, this, yes. this ripple effect of uh -huh. all these problems, right? So you have to not only, not only do mask clean, but do it in such a calm way. Sure. Right? That you know, like your breathing has to be right. You have to just like, it just, it just happened like, you know, putting the keys in the car, you know? It's like, just got to be normal. No, right. So you can't be like, because you know, and so what happens is the idea is that if you're swimming next to somebody and their fin hits you and they sure. knock your mask off underwater and you're down 60 feet, sure. you can't just race to the top and put your mask back sure. on, right? That's just crazy, right? You have to be able to put it back on. So... So for me, it was tough, and it took me a while, but eventually I got it, um, and now I'm like the mask here and clean. You know? I yeah. love it. I yeah. love it. So, but, but, I, but I say that because many times people just assume, like in your case, like you got it, like diving wasn't really super difficult for you potentially, sure. right? Sure. Well, what was your big difficulty, for, like if it was anything? For diving, my big difficulty was actually the mathematics behind everything. Oh, all the dive tables and stuff. The dive yeah. tables yeah. were, you know, for me... I could go down there, clear regulators, you know, buddy breathe the whole nine, right. the commands, cake, um, you know, you know, clearing masks, you know, putting your stuff on blind, you know, without being able to see, you know, swim cycles to to measure, your, you know, where you where your locations are and right. all that kind of stuff. Cake. My thing was remembering the points where, you know, hey, you got to stop every fifteen feet. Uh, oh, you right. know, uh, you know, three minutes before you're at the surface at 15, right? 15 feet below. Yeah. I'm so surprised I remember this cause it's been <laughs> years since I've gone. Well, diving. somebody taught you well. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, I, oh God, I can't remember. I think his name was Ruben. Sa safety dives. Yeah. Yeah. Safety, and, safety and, stop. Yep. Safety stops. And so you don't get, you know, blood in your veins. Yeah. But you know, it, it that was my biggest challenge in diving was okay. like, they would, they would speak and I'm like, I could go do it in the pool, but like. I don't know how to not die. Gotcha. You know? yeah. <laughs> the, the whole dying part is where I'm lost. Right, the, right, the right. Doing right, part, yeah, cake. Yeah, 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 the yeah. don't die, <laughs> yeah. air and blood thing. Yeah, right, no, yeah, yeah, not my thing. So it's funny, but you say that because my dive cook is very big into that, you know. Um, and I get it; like it's like it's a little bit complicated, but like sure. some people really get into it really deeply. Uh -huh. um, the dive tables and all, and that's just super important because sure. you have to understand that stuff. So for me, I had to tend Cause, to yeah, because you could die. Well, you could die, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but also just knowing why you died, right? Sure. Like what was it? You know what I mean? Yep. And so that kind of forced me to just really take it obviously even more seriously mm -hmm. uh, because the recreational part of it you get, but then like, what are you doing to your body? Sure. Right? Like sure. when you shoot up, you know, sure. um, the concepts and around the flying that. afterwards. Right, yeah, the flying, and decompressing right. Time. The decompressing and all that. Yeah. So, so people think it's all this recreational stuff. Oh, I can see the pretty fish and all that, but it's actually very serious, you know? Yeah. And a, uh, it's very recreational to a certain point. Sure. 
what, 35, 34 feet is that when it starts to get serious? Well, anytime you're in the water with the sure. sea, it's serious, right? But but I think that, like, for your PADI certification, you have to go down 60 feet, sure. right? So, you know, so it's around there. Uh, once you're kind of comfortable within that range, that's recreational diving, sure. you know what I mean? And you should be okay and be able to do very much. What I like about that, it's a concept, though, is that, you know, if you're down 40 feet mm -hmm. and disaster happens, right? Um, you know, you're not that far down sure. one um and if you understand the concepts of how you can really regulate you know what i mean your mm -hmm. ability to do well in the water mm -hmm. um if you can get everybody to just get to 40 feet you know right sure. and just feel comfortable that's sure. a huge accomplishment huge accomplishment yeah and it's a completely different world down there um in such that I wish I could just force everybody to just become a scuba diver and it would like magical it would just what's well, it's so magical man and I think like I mean, like if you don't know like the what the world is like underneath the water, like you've missed this planet. Oh, it's most of the planet. Like you, no, but it's most of who you are. Like you're sure. seventy percent water. Sure, right. Most so, of the planet. Right. Okay. The it's planet is seventy seven percent water. Right. So Christ. so you, so if you don't even understand how to get like you know into the water, sure. Like you've missed a major part of the entire human experience, right? Mm -hmm. Because the layers of the Earth between like space and under under mm -hmm. underwater, right? Sure. Like if you're just the land based human being that's like never really been underwater more than like. 10 feet mm -hmm. then that means you've just the sliver you scratch the surface of life on this earth here's the craziest i'm gonna throw another brain teaser in i live on a damn island okay and there are people here that, swim. that don't know how to swim okay I'm bro like, what? okay how do you live on long island and you don't know how to swim so so let me just talk about that because <laughs> um that and, and if, if you think like you're throwing your hands up right Think about the statistics of how many black people can't swim, bro. Black and Latino. Sure, sure. The numbers in America are shocking. Okay, that, that can't swim. That can't swim. Why right. now? Why is that? So, so. Do you know? I do. Okay, yeah. and I actually want to talk Very about that because that's sure. actually one of my real like passions. You know, is talking about this Be issue. Before you get into that, I want I want to go back to you being a black diver. Okay, I said you're not fitting the quote unquote stereotype. Yeah. Because when we spoke before, the stereotype is rich white dudes on boats. Right. As the as that, okay, yeah, and it's and and you and me. I'm not and, a rich white guy. Yeah, <laughs> look, it, it, I don't care what color you are. Yeah, it's not a cheap sport right off the bat. Uh, for for many people, yes, that's true. Yeah. yeah. So so right off the bat, you have to be somewhat financially stable, we'll call it, mm -hmm. to be able to even get in the water to dive. Okay. So yes and no, sure. right? Um. And I say this because I'm, I teach at a university program, sure. right? You know what I mean? And that's a program that like has been like a gateway for a sure. lot of people who don't have a lot of money to become scuba divers, right? Mm -hmm. You can take the class for 1200 bucks, you know what I mean, to become a scuba diver, right? And it comes with some equipment. Sure. So that's the idea, you know what I mean, about how I think the stereotype isn't really applicable. You sure. know, we don't have a bunch of rich white guys, you know what I mean, in our dive program with sure. boats to be able to do this stuff, Still, right? Still 1200 bucks is not... Pocket change for a lot of people. Not pocket change. That, not, not pocket change, right? Sure. But but if you wanted to do it, right, and you're committed to it, it's then feasible. Th it's feasible, right? Then you could also go to try to do it in Manhattan. It'll start out at thirty five hundred. That, now that's that's a whole different conversation, sure. right? So so I just say this because I try to encourage people who want to just learn how to scuba dive to mm. just try it. There, there's going to be ways that you can do it, right? Sure. Um, and look around, you know what I mean? Because there are more inexpensive ways to do it than you know just you know, having to be a boat owner to mm -hmm. become a scuba, sure. scuba diver, right? Um, 
And you can go and get scuba dive service in some of those like certifications in the Caribbean for 150, sure. right? So, you know, there's if you just want to do it sliding like this sliding scale, right? Um, so in terms of the stereotype, um, I do get that, sure. right? Um, I'm always shocked that people like think I'm this big, you know, pioneer, the first scuba black scuba diver that they've ever met. No, I, I get that I all the time. That, yeah. Now, not you, but like I, that, that's the world I'm living in. Absolutely. People run up to me all the time, and like black people, like, bro, like you're killing it. You know what I'm saying for the race? I'm like, bro, like, <laughs> like what? What the hell? What, bro, there's thousands of us out here. Do you know what I mean? Right? So, so, so I'm not this huge like black pioneer man, like sure. doing scuba at all. Do you know? But uh, I'll take it, right? And just encourage other people. Do you know what I mean? Sure. You want to do that because because what happens is, um, so if you know the statistics about drowning in this country, sure. right? Like every single day, 10 people drown. And of the 10 people that drown, mm -hmm. six or seven of those are people of color. Really? Yeah. I did not know that. Okay, right? So that's my big thing about like what I, I'm like, like I- What is the age that they're drowning? Just so, out of curiosity. So it's, it's, it's all ages, right? Okay. Not necessarily under like, you know, 14 either, right? It's, okay. it's, it's, I was going to say, because it's babies it's drowning, then it's parent negligence. Mm -hmm. If it's, you know, if the child could, you know, put their pants on, we'll say, right. they shouldn't be drowning. Sure. So, so, so I've studied this a lot, man, right? Mm -hmm. And I think that like in your case, like you didn't even know the statistics existed, right? No, I had no and, idea. And, and so between the statistics existing and then the potential stereotype that like some people like, oh, black people can't swim, right? Sure. It, it really is important to have like a, an intelligent conversation about what's going on, right? Sure. So what happens is in America in particular, um, where this statistic is the case, um, if you're a black person who grew up in New York City and you, excuse me, are... Uh, in the Bronx, right, living in your apartment complex, your summer experience in the water is the fire hydrant in the corner. Yeah. Okay, right? Sure. So you can grow up your entire life, 15, 18, right, mm -hmm. when you didn't have a pool in your neighborhood that you could use readily, right? Mm -hmm. And you're going to the fire hydrant, that was our water thing, right? Sure. But do you ever learn to swim in the water hydrant? No. no. Okay, so you don't really ever get access to a pool because of the environment that you grow up in, right? Sure. But even with people on Long Island, right, who are growing up with water around them, right? Like That's mind-blowing. Okay, that's mind-blowing. You live in Kansas, you don't okay, know okay, swim, okay, okay, right, you yeah. get a pass, bro. Okay, right, okay. But like, Okay, so so I'm just saying this, right? Because I look at like the people in the Bronx, or you know, they grew up in the projects, right? Like you don't give, you didn't even get a chance to really learn to swim, right? Of like, because of, of your environment, right? So that's part of it, you know. And then what happens is, as an adult, I go to the Long Island. My boys are having a party. It's a pool party. Everybody jumps in. Mm -hmm. I get to dip my feet because I don't want to admit what. That you can't swim. I can't swim, right? Uh, and then invariably somebody's like, "Hey, RJ, come on, man!" And they throw me into the pool, right? Assuming that you know how to swim. Okay, right? And mm. it's like, bro, like, I don't even know how to like tread water. You know what I'm <laughs> saying, right? And you're laughing at me. We had three or four beers, and now I'm drowning. Sure. And, and you think it's a joke? And you think it's you a assume okay, that I can swim, right? And they're like, oh, bro, okay, dude. So I've seen videos of this thing happen, man, and it's like very scary, dude, right? I'm mind blown right now. I know, right? I don't, you know, I know. You think I know? And I think about that. I know that, right? And and the issue is, as an adult, who wants to admit I can't swim, right? Sure. Like, and by the time you realize, I saw this video of some guys in the Caribbean, right? And they're like hanging out on the boat, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, hey, let's throw him in, man. You know what I mean? And then it's like, ah, oh. dude can't swim. Like Tyrone can't swim, guys. Like, 
you know what I mean, right? So, and it's like, well, dude, why didn't you know? And it's like, well, I, I mean, like nobody asked, right? So I just say that because it's actually a really God, well, you're on a boat. You okay. should not have swim. You think With the exception that, right? of like a cruise ship. Okay, I know, but it's all these things that happen. So there's oh, a lot of adults, Jesus. man. A lot of adults running around, they can't swim, right? And it's not even a phenomenon in the black community. It's just like more precipitated because, you know, sure. you're getting the fire hydrant experience, sure. right? You're not getting the pool, right? Absolutely. So, so some people also have these bad experiences when they're kids. Yes. That I did not know of either. Right. I have, I have, a, I have a dear friend of mine who's like, dude. I don't put my head underwater. Okay, right. And I'm like, what? He goes, traumatic experience as a kid. I'm like, huh? He goes, yeah, I don't know how to swim. Like, and don't, that, don't, don't know even, how, don't want to. I'll shower for the rest of my life. Okay, that's cool with me. Right. And I'm like, what? Uh, I know. So that's the other thing too, right? Is that a lot of people that that I've encountered who love me as a scuba diver, yeah. who have the fantasy of wanting to potentially dive and go under and do those cool videos, right? Sure. Will sit back and be like, but you know what? That bathtub experience when my brother dunked me in there at seven, like ruined my whole thing with water. And like forever, I'm so traumatized by that that I'll never put my head under the water. Like, that's what happens a lot, right? Yeah. So, I had so, no idea it existed. It's, it's, bro, it's, I found out about this the other day. Now that you're, like, <laughs> painting the picture here, yeah, I'm like... Yeah, I know. So a lot of people God. traumatized, right? Um, from some experience around... I remember that time you got water up your nose in the pool? Of course. And it's like this, like... Stinging in your nose and in, <laughs> in your, your brain, brain, right? You're just okay, right? So think about that, right? Sure. That's enough to make somebody just be like, not like not that's getting done, done, done right? Yeah, yeah, that's cool, man. Okay, well, it's but fun. okay, not, not doing, it. yeah. So, so that's part of it, right? <sighs> the other factor, particularly in the African American and Latino community, is hair. Right. How so? I know, right? I don't have it. So, okay, okay, <laughs> okay, right. So, so what happens is that because a lot of African Americans grow up in single family households, right? Uh, when mothers take their children to the pool, uh -huh. because black women don't want to get their hair wet and have it all frizzed up because they might have just gone to the salon or whatnot, mm -hmm. they take their kids to the pool, they dip their kids' feet in, the mother's by the pool, but the kids don't swim because the mother doesn't swim. She puts mm -hmm. them in the shallow end. Uh, right, we play around in the shallow end. My mother doesn't want me to get too deep into. Is the that pool. how it works? Your hair gets wet. And Your it gets hair frizzy? gets wet, frizzy, and all. Then now you get to go back to the salon. So they're just like, just stay in the stay in the shallow area and don't so, go under. And the mother doesn't know how to swim either, so she's not going under because she doesn't know how to swim, and she definitely doesn't want to get her hair all frizzy. Right, so oh the kids God. never learn to swim. Bro, and that that is like that. The Spanish people have the same Spanish people have the same problem. Well, sometimes it is, but it's also just the idea that like you, if your parents didn't really swim, you're not gonna you're swim. not gonna swim. Oh my God! I know, right? And that's and that's so it's such a big deal, and I love talking about it. Plus right? one for b being bald. Okay, right? Be <laughs> no, and, and knowing how to swim, right? So, 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 in that, like in your case, like how did you really, really learn to swim? Like you went to the pool enough in the summers, kind of thing. My parents put me in swimming. Well, training. okay, okay, yeah. right. so right. And where's it? How far was the pool from your house to go to swimming training? Twenty minutes. Okay, so Ringo, so like, right? Environmental factors. Play I, a I role. mean, out here too, though. On the flip side, everybody has a pool. Okay, voila, right. So, you know, so, so especially roll back to 06, 07, 08, when okay. the market was good, and I actually yeah. just read a book about this. Uh -huh. The banks were giving loans to literally everybody. Okay. And the the single biggest factor of people putting pools in their houses was it was expensive. Okay. Banks were allowing you to take money, home equity lines of credit, mm. to put to a do whatever in. you want with. Okay. A lot of people, especially out here, right. you know, we have the perk of having space. Sure. So a lot of people out here had pools. So gotcha. it wasn't uncommon for you to be, you know. At a pool party. Or at a, a pool party. If you had 10 friends, it'd be weird if you had 10 friends with not a single person had a pool. Okay. That's just how it was. Gotcha. Sure. Yeah. You know, yeah. on the flip side of it too, though, 
the water is literally one mi- not even is <laughs> one mile away right, from right. where we're st- sitting right now. Right. So, you know, for out here, you know, I don't think I literally know anybody that didn't know how to swim. Gotcha. Because going to the beach was regular. Right. You know, going to and the last thing you want as a parent is your child to drown. Sure, sure. You know, so sure. my parents made it, and I think a lot of parents. I went to, uh, you know, it was offered in my elementary school, like okay. because well, so from that, yeah, right, right, yeah, yeah. You know, where are they offering swimming in the in Bronx, and then you know, yeah. right, you, know, so that's, you don't have it, right? You don't it's have it. Yeah. It's also not a threat, right? You know, right. As parents looked at it as a threat. Sure. My kid can drown, and I guess once you grow up. I can totally see this, the flip side of your side of it. Yeah. You know, you grew up and you're like, I never had to deal with water before. And shit, now I'm 25 years old and I don't know how to swim. Yeah. Never thought about it. And my right. friends want to go on a fishing boat and they're messing around. They push me off and now I die. You know, I can totally see yeah, that. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's just so, crazy. So, so it happens more often than we think. Right. And that's the, the statistic about the six people drowning every day. Sure. It's those little bitty things where everyone's like, I didn't know the statistic. One, uh, we pushed RJ in the water and, you know, like, we were at the lake. RJ's like, a damn fish, right, so that, right, or something. Don't, don't yeah, you, you know what I mean, right? You push RJ in the water. You're, you're coming in with him. He's coming <laughs> yeah, to get you. And yeah. he's swimming. So, so, so those are the kinds of things that just like keep me up at night. You know, like why is everybody drowning, man? Do you know what oh I mean, right? God. But, but also, I so that's the real deal. You know, sure. um, and it's and it's a hugely terrible statistic that's not changing. Like sure. we would have loved to have. You know, like how do you change it though? That's the, that's so, the so, flip side so, of it. So that is the thing that's one of the reasons why I like to do this kind of podcast and talk about some of this mm-hmm. stuff, right? Because um, somebody's gonna hear this and they're like, you know what? I'm putting my kids in swimming. Like that's what oh, it is, yeah. right? I'm on on Facebook all the time. Like you know, seven people that I know in the last year like have hit me up saying I wouldn't learn to swim because of your constantly putting this stuff out there to learn to swim as an sure. adult or I'm putting my kids into swimming because they saw your videos underwater videos and they were inspired to do and something gee, at least a doggy paddle you know just enough to, to to live right so my big fantasy is to like come up with some kind of like swim dance sure right and just make it like some kind of thing you learn sure. right that's just you know like a thousand sure. strokes, whatever you fall in the water. If you just do the swim dance, right? Sure. Like the thousand, oh, that's stro- clever. the thousand like strokes, it. like whatever happens, kids. You know what I mean, right? Yep. Just like keep it the, going. You do if you learn the swim dance, right? You'll like live. you'll get to the bar, you'll get to the to the dock. You know what yeah. I mean? And like every high school, we do the swim God. dance every morning and whatever happens. Brilliant. Like, so that's my big deal, right? About like. Some hip hop song, the swim dance becomes the Macarena of 2022, <laughs> whatever, something, right? And like, voila. Sure. And then, like, some kid, you know what I mean? Like, sure. falls in the water. And it's sure. like, dude, like, all I remember was that swim dance. And you know what? It, like, it made me live. It just, you know, well, it, something so kicked in. Flip side, Bear Grylls. There was a story about, you know who Bear Grylls is, no, right? No, no. Okay, so Bear Grylls is a, uh, God, I don't want to get his nationality yeah. wrong. Um, he was a, an English Bear Grylls. Um, where did he uh, nationality? I think that's what I need. Okay. Uh, so he is a uh, he's he's British. Okay, good. Okay. So he's a British, uh, an ex special forces British guy, mm-hmm. and he uh, he had a show called Man vs Wild, and okay. his show was all about you know it, it, him, and he would put himself in these outrageously dangerous spots to, right. to educate people. So sure. one of them was falling in ice ice water. Okay. So, you know, when you go out on a lake and you fall in the ice water, had to had to had to live because sometimes you you know, your immediate actions of what you do can, can be life changing. Could be life changing. Right. Because emergency responders and, and, and sometimes even people aren't either there or even trained to go get you. Gotcha. There's a whole then there's there's training and processes and all that kind of stuff. So so he showed he, he does all these different things, and, and one of them, he showed how to, if you fall in a water, and he, and he cuts a hole in it, so 
and he's like, look, you, you, I'm going to jump in. He, he takes all his clothes off because obviously he wants some dry. He's living in the, in the wilderness. He jumps in and he goes, the first thing you want to do, get your breathing under control. You know, mm-hmm. your heart's going to slow down. You're, you're, you're going to freak out, but your heart's going to slow down. All you're these in cold things. water, yeah. You're in ice cold water. You're going to start losing feeling of your extremities. So you want to do that. Then, you know, it's like lean back and then you're going to want to kick with your feet and push off the ice behind you while leaning back and, and it, you know, inch yourself out. And then when you do that, you want to lay down and crawl out so that way the ice doesn't keep breaking underneath you. Okay. And a child, I, I don't remember the exact story, but a child fell in ice and lived because he watched the show. Voila. Like. But like direct access to like. I know. I know. The swim dance man. Mind like, blown. I'm trying to get the 1% to finance my swim dance nationally. <laughs> right. Dude, so, right you know, it I, could I, save somebody's I, life. I, honestly. It's, it's, it's some, and, and literally like I think about this all the time. You know when you hear these drowning stories. Right. Sure. It's it's such a. It's like we, we could do better. You know. Yeah. Um, and. So there used to be a thing in universities here in the 1950s in America where passing the swim test was a life skill. Sure. So in order for you to graduate from college, sure. you had to pass a swim test. That's amazing. I would love to reinstitute something like that. You know, I mean, we got rid of it because what happened is um, some people complained uh, that they were being discriminated against sure. because they had to graduate with the swim thing. Mm-hmm. And eventually the universities were like, we got to kind of acquiesce, you know what I mean, to people sure. saying like, I don't really need that, you sure. know. But there had been this kind of like, you know, life skill that they just felt was important dude oh, we could go on a whole nother podcast about what colleges should teach people yeah basic finance how to manage money how to be an entrepreneur all these different things and that's a whole nother show yeah but so, so that statistic about drowning though is really important but i'm happy that you've given an opportunity to talk about the backstory right yeah uh, i don't think enough people know that right um, but that's, I mean, it's one of the things that I, I just feel like talking about it, it's just such an important conversation to have mm-hmm. because it's a little bit eye-opening to me when I first heard about it, right? And sure. I'm like, how do you get to the, like, what is the crux of why this is all happening, you know, mm-hmm. particularly in these communities? And the more I kind of investigated it, talking sure. to a lot of people who talk about, like, why the statistic is the way that it is, mm-hmm. like, that's what it came down to. You know, when you interview people about, like, drowning information, why they never learned to swim, like, it always comes back to those kinds of factors, you know? And it's, so, it's unfortunate, and it's, and, it's, and it's fixable. So is it teaching people how to swim, or is it educating people to the point where they can say, hey, I don't know how to swim. I shouldn't be near a pool. So I think it's teaching people to swim. I mean, and, okay. and making it a life skill that you just want to be able to master, sure. right? And particularly, like, in your case, like, you learned it as a kid. Kids will like swimming. You can teach them swimming in a couple of weeks, you know? A couple re- days. A couple of days, right? You know. So, so that's part of your, you know, it should be part of your just getting to 16. I know how to swim, you know? Sure. Um, I mean, here it's, a, it, it, you know... As a parent, you have to have your kid know how to swim because yeah. God forbid. Right, I know, man. You know, you're 16, 17, 18 years old. You go out, you get drunk, you fall in somebody's pool because that's honestly right. yeah. you know, something that can happen. Right. You know, there's you know people have pool parties. You could fall in somebody's pool. You go down in the water. You go down there late at night. You you know you go for you know you go for a dip. There's nobody there watching you. Right. Like that as a parent here, mm-hmm. you know, you have to think about it. in New York City. Not so much. You're right. you know your kids not gonna slip and fall and go into a, a pool you know right. maybe a, a bathtub but you can pull themselves out of that yeah you know so i i totally see the disconnect between the two it's, it's pretty wild yeah so that's a real that's a real statistic do you know um God, and i crazy. and i just hope that like in my lifetime sure. you know uh 
the advocacy of just trying to you know push scuba diving as a as a platform you know that sure. you should try to get to um if you'll never become a cool scuba diver like me at least you know how to <laughs> swim right and that's the first you know that's, that's the first, first step there. yeah so, first so, step. so part of my thing about like all my scuba diver bravado stuff really mm. has to do with trying to get people to know that like if you really want to be a scuba diver learn swimming first it's really sure. about swimming actually more than it is about the scuba diving sure. for me right because it's a little bit more expensive sure but like being super cool as this black scuba diver guy sure, sure. like some little you know eight-year-old is going to be like i saw that guy doing it mm -hmm. and i'm going to aspire to that and the first thing mom i need to do is learn how to swim sure. like that's my that's whole the fantasy right thing. there yeah you know right the first thing you know and it's like you under the water in the pool you see the cool things underwater you're feeling comfortable underwater sure. like then you know scuba diving is definitely on trajectory sure right? yeah you got snorkel then you scuba dive yeah you know and, and then when you scuba dive then it opens up you know a whole nother world essentially you right. know the, the one of actually it's funny we we talk a lot about scuba diving one of the things that uh my parents always told me was like you know you have a skill you could scuba dive well you could learn underwater welding you can go learn you know how to clean boats you know scrape off barnacles like just being able to scuba dive immediately puts you in the upper echelon of being able to get a job. Okay, right. Well, it's and also like, opened you up to like a oh whole God. other level of the planet, sure. right? Absolutely. Of, of just like marine, really marine life. Like you, you know, every time you know you think about fish in the water, and you were going fishing before. Sure. Now you're underwater with sure. the fish, right? You know, um, you're kind of on the fish's side more than you are. You know what I'm saying, right? And like that, and that's just that's, you, people should just get that. You know, I think sure. that's just a big component to this. Have you ever heard of? Uh, I'm trying to look up the name of it but it's it's the guys and i, I want to say it's it's submersion diving when they stay underwater or under pressure for like literally three or four weeks at a time right yeah have yeah. you ever heard of that i have yeah oh yeah. my god those guys are nuts decompression well, the decompression time well so that so that's obviously about the dive tables and all sure. that you know what i mean um those are very much so like the technical science stuff that i find very fascinating you know um and that's one of the beautiful things about learning scuba diving is that the more you become more technically um agile mm -hmm. at, saturation divers yeah at, at what you're doing you know what's really going on with your body sure. the pressures and all that it's a completely different uh take on the recreational stuff sure. and that's why like i have such a you know big um big support and big uh respect you know what i mean sure. for a lot of the technical divers and like navy seals and all that because their their technical knowledge is just something that Incredible. i aspire to really just get a better command of you know yeah um, absolutely and that's when it just becomes unlimited but the other thing that you talked about it just like his, having a career in something like you know marine welding or mm -hmm. things like that i mean those are some career opportunities that for some of us you know like that never really was even something I could have even thought about, mm -hmm. right? You know, I remember like in college, some, you know, girls I knew were doing like marine biology and I just thought like, is there a job in that somewhere? Like, is that like tree hugging underwater or something? Well, like, kinda, yeah. Right, you know what I'm saying, right? You know, <laughs> Essentially, like, yeah. Again, right, you know, like, okay, so I, you know, like, I don't really know, you know, right? <laughs> but, but with that, um, you know, you realize like, sure. you know, like, you know, you get a scuba license and there's a lot of, you know, opportunities to do that. It's crazy. And, you know, my fantasy is to at some point just like, you know, like go get some, you know, big job teaching scuba at some big resort, you I know, whatever, you that's know, the, and, that's and just paradise, like, paradise, you know what I mean, right? You know, when I retire, this is exactly what I want to do. I want to teach people in the Caribbean 
how to scuba dive. Voila, every day. You know what I mean, right? Have a team anyway. So something Goals. like that. Gold, right? So you got to be a scuba diver to have that fantasy. You know what I'm saying, right? Yeah. But but for a lot of people who end up getting a boat or whatever, and it's sure. just like, you know, I can just, you know, do this thing. That's a whole other career, right? That, sure. you know, you don't have to be 21 to do it. The I just saw an amazing movie, and we're, we're, we just blew past an, an hour 30. But I just saw an, um, an amazing movie. It's called uh, American Made. Okay, I haven't seen that. Uh, so it's with uh, Tom Cruise, mm. and the premise of the movie. Oh right, right, is, is pretty wild. Um, is that the one the drug thing down? Yeah. Oh, right. Who's the director of that? Tell me who the director oh, of it is. Uh, American Made director. Interesting. Um, we didn't even talk about your film stuff. Uh, uh, Doug. Uh, uh, Doug Lyman. Okay, Doug Lyman. So Doug Lyman and I went to college together. I know. No. Doug. Yes, actually, he's a graduate of Grand Brown University. Really? And God, um, that's, he's. A, that's crazy. That's crazy, right? And so, <laughs> and I, and I, because I remember we, uh, talking to him about something about this about six months ago. I remember okay. I ran into him at a party. Sure. Um, he's actually a very brilliant director. He's the one who got Brad Pitt and um, Angelina Jolie cast for his first film. Well, one of his films that he did, and they, they ended up hooking up because of that guy. What film was it? Uh, Mr. and Mrs. Smith. It was okay. I, that's the movie I thought Doug, it was. But Doug was responsible for casting both of them. God, I know, crazy, right? Anyway, uh, yeah. So, what were you so, thinking about the movie? It, 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 it's so regardless of the movie, and it's and uh, for anyone that doesn't want too many spoilers, there's a small spoiler. It's just about trafficking drugs. Right. But what ultimately what we're talking about is uh, is acquiring a skill and then taking that skill and and and. Finding opportunities where that is. This dude pimping it out. Pimping it out. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. This dude has a plane. All right. And he pimps out. You know, he pimps it out. You know, right. it goes from you know parcels to 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 drugs to weapons and you know it's it's that it's that first little baby step like like you're saying just you know start with swimming right. and 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 then go here right and then go here and then when you're good at this right. that then you can do all of this. Gotcha. You know, same thing. With, same thing with him. It was like it was like ah, you know, flying for fun, and and then oh, I, I can make I can make money flying. Right, right, oh, oh my oh, god! Yeah, you're right. Now now I can do this, and now I'm getting in touch with all these people. Right. You know, it's the same concept. So that's the thing. I'm I'm having that same kind of experience with scuba, man. Quite frankly, with this dive thing, like I'm not the most you know super experienced diver in the world, right? Sure. But uh, I have very good organizational skills, and I've done major cleanups of sure. other things, right? So I'm past the point of just like I can make money, and you know what I mean, like you know scuba. But it's also like. I'm kind of at that point where, you know, I'm talking to people like Patty and Scuba Pro and sure. you know, some of the corporate brands and we're doing this huge dive, you know, that's going to be pretty profound. Sure. And the possibilities of where this goes are pretty open, you know. So, God. yeah. So so those kinds of opportunities do exist. And I'm happy to talk about it because um, it started out with just, you know, like once I got past mask clearing, I'm like. You know? my oyster okay, now. bingo. Like you God. created a monster, man. Love like I'm it. gonna become the scuba, you know, like that's it, man. You know? I love it. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. So anything else you want to cover? Because we just crushed it an hour and forty five. Okay. Well, right. um no, so I'm really happy to have gotten a chance to be on your show. I Dude, mean, thanks like for you have a great here, show. Um I've been a big fan of, you know, what you're trying to do here. I, I like the it, idea of the environment that you create to truly sure. talk about such important things. Um, thank you, you know, for uh, such a great Dude, you're opportunity. Back, man. Yeah, I will always come back. back. So actually, maybe we'll, I'll come back after I. I was gonna, I was I'm gonna. I'm gonna, gonna bring it. the Guinness Book of World Records thing to you. Do you know what I mean? I right. Want, just to hopefully, come I'm there. Okay. Oh yeah. Come. Out, come to come. You know, if you're invited. You're out, invited. In. To, like, actually, let me just say this. You're invited to come Dece uh, June fifteenth. I'm in Deerfield Beach, right, um, Florida. One day dive, in and out, right. 
anybody that you know, any sponsors, any other scuba divers, sure. right? Uh, snorkelers, if you just want to come and support, volunteer, be involved, right? Sure. Um, it's a big deal. Um, and the most important thing is that you're just contributing to something that's very profound. That's a cleanup of our ocean environment. I love it. I love it. Dude, I, I, if I can make it, I'm going to be there. Okay. There's well, no I will be it. holding a spot for you. Can uh, I, I will officially invite you to my team. I appreciate uh, it, man. We're, we're pretty badass, you know, right? <laughs> I love it. I love um, it. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, if, okay. I, if I can figure out okay, how to, I know, how I know. to be there, yeah, I'm yeah. going to be there. Okay, all right. Well, time. I'm going to help you encourage you to do that because I know you know other divers, too, that sure. might work, make sure. it happen. Uh, and it's really going to be a lot of fun. But more importantly, uh, it's just it's a symbolism, sure. you know, of what um, this really means. Uh, you'll be in the... Guinness Book of World Records. It's right. important. Uh, I don't think anybody offered you that option like in the last <laughs> week or so. So, you know, right? I'm your boy. It's, 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 it's been a while since it's, it's somebody been a, it. Okay, right. But, 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 and it's really not about the Guinness Book of World Records. Sure. Right? It, you know, um, it's about helping the planet. It's about helping the planet. And it's also just about helping you become a better environmental person to sure. understand, right, that there's a lot of other people around the world who share your vision for wanting to clean up our ocean. That, oh, that's what it, it is, right? And the people that you'll meet there are some world class divers. Sure. Um, you'll make a whole bunch of people, you know what I mean, that you'll be able to be a part of a team of people, right? Sure. But the hope is that other people will do this and beat our record. That's sure. the really idea. It's really to challenge Set other the divers. And have Set the bar and, and beat it. That's what it love is. Love it. Yeah. I love it. So how do people find you? How do they find out about you? How do they find out about the dive and all that kind of stuff? Okay, so uh, you can find me on Instagram. Um, IG, my Instagram is Harper, H-A-R-P-E-R underscore R-J. Uh, you can also find me on Facebook, RJ Harper. Um, and you can find out about a little bit more about the dive if you go to Dixie Divers, D-I-X-I-E Divers on uh, Facebook. Uh, you can also go to the Patty website. Uh, Patty is the worldwide certifier for scuba divers. Uh, Patty just launched a new video uh about this world dive patty's been a huge supporter we're very thankful for patty and the marketing department and all the people at patty and the ceo of patty is really much very much so behind this as well as um aqualung um sea life dan divers it's the insurance company for divers sure so um a lot of people are behind this um I'm very confident, even you know, two months out, that uh, this will be a very successful dive. Mm -hmm. uh, we're looking for divers, certified cool. divers. We're looking for volunteers. Um, so even if you can't dive, you know, uh, we'd like to have you to try to come. Sure. Um, we're also looking for any celebrities, right, who would like to be supporters of this, mm -hmm. because even if you are not a certified diver, uh, if you support what this effort is trying to accomplish, mm -hmm. um, the more celebrities that we can just get to nod, so give eyeballs. us a nod at, right, it's eyeballs about this, uh, we, we encourage you, we would love to invite you to be a part of it in any way, because if you can can't make the dive you'd like to promote the dive and promote what's happening for cleaning our oceans we're very much so open to having a conversation about what you think you may be able to bring with your social media network to just help get the word out about how important this dive is sure i love that it's right on their website too you know patty Oh no, uh, Dixie, Dixie Divers. divers. Yeah, 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 you, yeah, yeah. As soon you as get, you put on facebook okay. Dixie Divers, Bingo. it comes right up and it says clear as day Pure cleanup is June fifteenth, twenty nineteen. I right. mean, and yeah. the amount of divers that are in this one video. I guess this is not the first time you've done. So, so, so they've done other types of attempts at world world diving, right? Sure. So they they're pretty experienced, and that's why it's pretty sure that this is gonna 
be a win for for the Guinness Book of World Records, God, right? Uh, and and so organizing this one in particular, it's an underwater dive, right? Mm -hmm. So there, the Dixie Divers has done the largest human chain, mm -hmm. right? Underwater. If you go on a little bit more and like look at some of the pictures, sure. Uh, that was just a kind of an attempt to really just organize a dive group. You sure. know, of people who kind of get it, right? Mm -hmm. um, and again, um, part of this is really just trying to raise awareness about diving and to be partnering with somebody like the Guinness Book of World Records. Uh, there's a whole lane of new things that are happening, you know, related oh, to this. It. So it's kind of one of these things where the dive community is trying to also partner, you know, with somebody like this to break these world records because sure. it's an instant marketing campaign that is for good. Sure. You know, so everybody wins, you know, um, sponsors win, divers win, the ocean wins, the planet wins, you know, sure. um, you win, you know, by being part of something like this, you get your own, you know, Guinness Book of World Records certification, your own certificate. Right. Um, and some people will know how to exploit that. You know what I mean? To be able to take that record and make um, more ambassadors of the ocean from sure. that, you know? Sure. Yeah. I love it, dude. I love it. RJ, thanks for hanging out, man. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Dude, I can't wait to hear, I can't wait to have you back on after this. Okay, well, I will make it a date. Absolutely, I love it. See you later, brother. Okay, thanks a lot. Thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of the Brutally Honest Podcast. I come in with such a deep breath when I do that. Like, I engorge my lungs with air. I'm like, <gasps> thank you. Okay. And I try to, I'm super loud normally. And when I do the opens and closers, I like, because I'm not speaking to somebody, I try to like not yell because I know that I yell. So I get so excited and then I have to like whisper when I say, thank you know, thanks for listening to the show. Um, at this point, I'm delirious, and I'm just making myself laugh while I'm doing this. And this is like the sixth attempt, attempt, attempt at getting the intro and the outro correctly because I'm using a different microphone because I broke down the studio to bring it somewhere. Little, little hint for the next time there's going to be a show. But uh, yeah, so I'm doing this on a different microphone, so my audio levels are a little weird. So I have to fix them, but uh. You can't get them too far off. That's totally boring stuff for you guys, so I don't want to bore you guys with that. But, RJ, thanks for being on the show. If you guys are in the area, I think I'm trying to remember this off the top of my head. June 15th is when the dive is going down. Definitely go check it out if you're in the area and you're a scuba diver. Or if you want to travel and you're a scuba diver, 10 out of 10 would recommend. Um, it's super cool. I'm going to do my best to make it. Uh, I have a bunch of things going on that weekend, so if I could shoot down to Florida for 48 hours and play hooky, definitely going to do that um and that's pretty much it guys as always if you guys want to support the show go check it out patreon.com forward slash brutally honest podcast and this show would not be possible with our sponsors the sponsor of this show and they've sponsored quite a few shows so huge 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 thank you to them agile dragon consulting.com again that is agile dragon consulting.com if you're a business owner and you want to learn how to make your business better essentially you're making you're really making your business better but if you want to make better business decisions based on the data that you already have go check them out agile dragon consulting.com i don't think you guys understand why this is so important though and this is super important because we all make decisions in our lives based on data 
if it's you want to lose weight, you got to measure how many calories you take and you use that data that other people are provided and you use your own data for losing weight. If you want to learn how to work on cars, you start tinkering around with things. You learn, you know, how bolts work and how cars work and how engines work and all that kind of stuff. Boom. Information. Business. You have a business. You probably already know how to, you know, run your business, but you can make it more efficient. Why? Because you can take the information that you already have and make it more efficient for you. It's that simple. I know it sounds crazy, but I'm dropping knowledge bombs on you guys right now. Go check them out. AgileDragonConsulting.com. All right. And if you want, tell them I sent you. That'd be awesome. With that all being said, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I really do appreciate you guys. Without you guys, this would not be possible. I'm really serious when I say that. So thank you guys constantly for tuning in. I'll see you guys on the next episode. Peace out.